Someone to love me. It's all over commercials, dude. And it's it's a pretty nice. I'm not gonna lie. No, most of his songs are bangers. I love Lil Nas. Although Old Town Road has been played so much that I just skip it now when it comes on. I still like Old Town Road because I'm not one of those people that hates things that are popular. <laughs> oh, sorry, I said it. <laughs> 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 to me, Old Town Road was just like, I didn't even really associate it with Lil Nas directly. It was just such a meme song that I couldn't. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it wasn't part of his persona or his character. It was just like, this is Old Town Road. I'm going to send something in, in the Facebook chat. This made me smile pretty hard. I mean, put it in the fam, because uh, Eldrick Journeys is more for updates. Made me smile. <laughs> yeah, that's All right. <laughs> All right, five seconds of silence. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Me. Weston on the low is just like, hey, listen to the song real quick. Five seconds uninterrupted. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I was vibing, dude. I couldn't hear it over you guys going over like the Eldrick rules for the messenger. It's more, it's more for update. <laughs> After I see the second time BJ posted the same wizard video, they got no response last time. <laughs> No, that's how you do it. You get no response on what you think's a banger. You send it in a different one. <laughs> just, just, just to gauge. You're awful brave today, Deej. And you got a little more sleep, dude. <laughs> yeah, you feel nice and rested. Nor not enough sleep. You might be cranky. Yeah, you cranky, Deej. I don't like this. <laughs> Is Deej cranky or the DM? Cranky. I'm not cranky. I'm offset because a lot of the things that I, I didn't expect to record today because, okay, audience, for the audience at home, Eddie has a really bad, uh, <laughs> was it's not narcolepsy, that's the opposite. Um, insomnia. Insomnia. And so sometimes we can't record because he's just absolutely dead. Yes. And I, I do apologize because I did not trust my co-hosts to all be up this morning and ready to go. I actually had my alarm set for 8, got up at 8, saw that Eddie posted, and he's like, all right, boys, I got my alarm set for three hours, let's see if this happens. And I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Last night, I was with Eddie watching Midnight Mass, and he had just gotten up like a couple hours beforehand, so the whole time in my head, I'm like, oh, this ain't happening. I was like, yeah, Ed, just let us know if uh, you can't, just like, in my head, like, uh, okay, just let it, just, just tell the group chat that we're not going to do it tomorrow. And he didn't, so I, was, I didn't trust Eddie so much so that last night I was like, you know what, I'm going to go right over to the forest and take some shots with my new expired film camera at 2 in the morning. So I was out till 2 in the morning just trying to do some spooky shit for October. Then I get a call from Eddie, what, around 9? Yeah, about 9. He's like, hey, I'm up. I'm like, uh, let me know if BJ's up. And then I just like closed my eyes <laughs> because I did not expect him to be up either. Oh, man. So, I, on record, do apologize to all of you guys. I should have trusted you more. Oh. Keep on record that uh, DJ does not believe in people redeeming themselves. Cancel him. I've been doing a lot better recently on, like, being on time for stuff. I've seen all of Steven Universe. I know the drill. All right. Because I didn't expect it, I also don't have a recap again. Do you make the recaps last minute? No, I just have a lot of fucking work. I have three episodes of Puzzle Valley I gotta do, and I got four episodes, now five episodes of this that I have to edit through, and the finale of Puzzle Valley was this week, and it took a lot out of me. I'm actually still quite heartbroken over it, which is why I want the break to kind of deal with it. Anyway, before we go on, two questions. One, Weston, what time is the Bears game today? Because I see you got your Bears get up on. 
Weston. Oh, vision. Oh, yeah, we're in audio only. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 okay, he literally like grabbed at his chest like a few times, like, yeah, and then he just went one, two, three, four with his hands. Not <laughs> it's, it's a later game, it's four o'clock. Okay, and the second question is for all of you guys. Uh, what do you remember from last episode? Yeah, I was waiting for this question. Boggill got the gold repair on his shell. Weston got the hat. Y'all had a really good moment. Me and Ed was talking about it earlier this morning. The fucking murder mystery. Murder mystery. Man. <laughs> we were so mad. <laughs> I just hope it matters. I'm I'm praying that it matters. Because it's like, we're done, and then it's like, murder mystery. Why? <laughs> Why? And we just sat there and were like, fuck, dude. That was like another 45 minutes. Because like, normally when we do something extra, it, it's like, okay, cool, you know? All right, whatever, you know, let's do that. But it's just like, we were, it was so done. It was completely done. And it's just murder mystery. And it, no, no. I think Howland should have just killed them all. I literally, I want to walk away. Like, I don't care. I, I don't care about any of this. We've got what we wanted. Like, they can sort it out. It, Listen, Howland always wants to just kill them all. Literally. Well, out of game, maybe out of the podcast. I don't know. Maybe I'll edit this part out. Maybe I won't. Something you don't know and something I do know, and this isn't like a spoiler or something for you guys. A flex. <laughs> flex. While you guys have been doing these past couple of episodes, the invasion on the beach, the lightning bolt in the fortress, the attack on Skull White ship, all of that has been you guys, correct, while we've actually recorded but happening at the same time has been a story that I wrote out where we cut to the main podcast, which is us, and then we cut to a fraud and JMO and TGB, those guys dealing with the same stuff on the on the island. And there's a lot of action going on and a lot of different story points and a lot of other stuff that was happening in those things. It felt weird to leave it where it is. The story now has come to a point where you guys are crossing over in some form or another. But it does matter. It does matter. It just how you feel about it in the moment. At the moment, you guys were just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I still don't want to do it. I just, I, I keep... I keep wanting us to come in and just have it be over. Like, we got him. He's locked up. We we found the culprit. It's like, okay, good. Let's go, guys. Let's get out of here. And I, I know it can't be that simple. I also talked to Ed. Didn't tell Beach. Dude was sleeping. Since you're going on this hiatus, we're going to try to move this to a stopping point. No. Well, it has to be. You're gonna, you're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna try to to get over the mystery. We're gonna try to get oh, this done. Oh, get it out of the way. Well, that, but like, what? Wherever you want us to stop, that we should have stopped like six episodes ago. <laughs> like, we're gonna get there today. Then I think we should get there. Um, to re- <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I, I agree. This fucking guy. No, no, I d- I didn't mean that as like you know that. Anyway, just. The recap, I don't have, but I'm going to try and explain as much as I can. You guys got your new gear, like a lot of really good fucking gear. You got your armor set. Well, you haven't got it yet, Griffin, but you you ordered it, basically. It's coming through uh, shipping right now. You got all of that stuff that you guys found in the treasure. I hope you guys put that in your character sheets, did you? What, the items? Yeah, you got a blood quiver, you got... 
Yeah, I was just reading the Arm of Seuss. I forgot about that one. The Arm of Seuss. <laughs> I got the Gambit's necklace and the sea monster pearl. I'm also over carrying capacity. How are you over carrying capacity? Uh, exactly the way I just said it. You're a big strong man. I got the shark skin armor that I'm going to sell because I can't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> I got this armor that I'm going to pawn for money. Yeah. Well, I'm a monk. I'm not allowed to wear it. And then I've got Crescendo, the little sitar thing. I got the Robe of the Sea, which is really cool. Oh, man. I looked at Howland's character sheet. He is over capacity. So imagine his skinny-ass, twink-ass looking build <laughs> oh, that he's shit. got. It's true. Twink-ass, skinny-ass? <laughs> okay. But like, Christian's going to put that in the back pocket. Because this isn't his actual weight, but I'm looking at the total weight of what he's carrying, and it's 154 pounds. <laughs> Lamau. The last thing you guys remember was there was a fight. Yes. Grispancho was murdered. Deaded. Deaded wham. We know who did it, or have a seeking suspicion. Who done it? You have a sinking suspicion. Sinking? Yeah, you said seeking. Mm-hmm. Never use that phrase, though. <laughs> Here's an idea, though. Here's an idea. Yeah? Actually, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just thought it's not going to work. So all this treasure, right? It's all getting cleaned out, right? Because what we took, I feel like, is a, a fraction of... Oh, yeah. And there's no way what's-her-name's getting the rest of it. Nikita Castor. Yeah. Why do you think she's not getting the rest of it? We don't have that many people. I don't know. The thing is, I was I was looking at my list of items, and I was I saw a gate seed, and I was like, "What if we put a gate seed in here?" What a perfect way to stop. We go back to the coral castle. <laughs> well, that, but like to help the coral castle out. Put a gate seed inside the vault with all the treasure. Do it. That's that's not a bad idea. I would. Uh... We should have went over that with uh, Nikita Caster before we shook on the deal. No, 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 it's fine. Be like, hey, we're going to send some funds back home. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, but uh, I do like that idea. I'm not sure if you remember what you told me that you wanted to do last time as well. Yep. Okay, good. Also, in the theater of my mind, could you kneel real quick? What do you, what do you mean? We're all in a room right now. I need you to kneel for me. Okay, why? I have a sword in my hands. I'm about to knight you. All right, cool, dude. All right, I knight, I knight Eddie. I bequeath you all of the music bots because they are so frustrating to use now that you, I give you that power right now. All right, sweet dude. <laughs> Dubbed me Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh my god, that was pretty fucking good. Dubbed me. Last time on the journey. He picks up the crucible, brings it above Baggio's shell. He starts pouring it on your shell. <gasps> over the thunderbolt crack. An eagle dressed up as an owl. <laughs> They'll never know. They'll never see it coming. <laughs> or even a lion. You go make up your mind. Go with an owl. They all just start, like, roaring in the background. The owl! The owl! Uh, hey, Griff, check it out! Dude, sick! I know, right? We're here to acquire currency... And the magical items we are owed. You find the companion's vest. 
I love the look of this thing and- Baguio, you're just like digging through this gold right now. A set of armor made out of a shark. Well, this is useless. I guess I'll sell it. Howland is walking along the uh, gold and he can feel the book of morbid curiosities is the sea monster's pearl. Tell me this, Eddie. Is it gonna cause DJ problems later? <laughs> it's gonna cause David problems later. Oh, yeah. Crescendo. Guys, it's perfect. You find the blood quiver. You find Howland Gambit's necklace. You can bet your bottom dollar that I'm changing that at some point. There are several different images of a winged beast fire all over this. Isn't that my my end oh you're on fire up in the air yeah griffin is just thinking looking at this picture thinking is this the same thing i saw in that vision jalroth it translates to vexed prisoner it's something called a dragon but i thought dragons weren't real like confused prisoner like maybe he's not the bad guy the robe of the sea Ooh, yo drip it is the arm of Zeus. The arm of Zeus? Yep. <laughs> of Zeus? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but one charge of bad luck, Howland. Howland's just, ah! You might want to prepare yourselves. That was a shout spell. I wouldn't touch him. Oh, I didn't do it. Why do we keep fighting? Please stop! The Osprey wanted one thing from this cavern, and this man tried to steal it, as well as murdered Grispancho. And there's a stab in his chest. You don't see a dagger or anything, but there's a genuine wound that you see in his chest. It could have easily been you as well, Jimbo. Or you, Longdick. So we got a little murder mystery on our hands. Keep an eye on TGB and bog your squints at TGB. I can probe the mind of one of you. You finally look at JMO for a moment. And you, you really finally look at him. Trying to feel and sense this magic of this person, he's not magical. But strange, you cannot sense an aura. Looks like it had gone clean through his chest. Inch and a half long line of a cut. Wait, you said how wide was this cut? Inch and a half. Inch and a half, I assume that's probably the length of a playing card. Close to it. Can Howland use detect thoughts on the magic guy? An off-rod? Yeah. Roll a wisdom saving throw. Yeah. Ooh. Oh! Oh, no. Oh! Okay. Yay! He was not ready for you to actually read his thoughts, because there is a trap on his mind that only a natural 20 was going to get. But what you hear is just a thought, and it's not even in his voice, of him saying, he is not who he says he is. camera opens on the horde of gold surrounding all of you. Howland, you stare daggers into Offrod's face as he looks a little horrified at the fact that you have just gone past his mind trap. JMOTGB Long Dick also stands surrounding you guys. 
Baggio, you are searching through the remnants of gold around like you're looking for someone else who might have murdered Grispancho. Where do we pick back up after Howland? You just heard his thought of he's not who he says he is. Didn't you say initially that that didn't come from Alfrod, like that was somebody else's thought? No, I said it didn't sound like his voice. It wasn't his voice. I am going to look at Alfrod and I'm going to say, um, Alfrod, would you like to explain what I just heard inside of your mind? It was clearly me thinking about hearing J-Mo talk about how he wanted to kill Crispancho just this morning. Fucking Markiplier with a stroke. Can I see if he's lying? Uh, what is that? Roll... Insight. Yep, thank you. I got Puzzle Valley mechanics stuck in my head. What I got? Eh. Twelve. From the stammer, his confidence seems a little broken. You don't know for sure that he's lying, but you could be like, yeah, that, that seems like a lie. I don't know for sure, but if I had to pick whether he's telling the truth or lying based on how he just said it, I would probably go with he's lying. It's like when BJ's like, I'm close to the mic, and I'm like, hmm, didn't sound confident there. Alfred, I feel like you're lying to me. Of course you think I'm lying to you. Everyone has said that I've been lying. Why else would you think that? (sighs) Alright, I'm gonna do intimidation. (laughs) I'm gonna do intimidation. Griffin, I think we might need to do good cop, murder cop. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I'm I'm very much at my limit here. All right, Alfred. Enough with these games. That didn't sound intimidating. Hold on. <laughs> Alfred, enough with these games, dude. Quit quit playing around. Come on, <laughs> Alfred, stop. Please stop, dude. Please. Alfred, come on now. All right, Griffin wants to grab him and like slam him on the ground. Put my uh, little <laughs> feet, my little talon feet on his neck. Okay. Woo! Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna roll. An athletics for me real quick. Oh, okay. Uh, 20? Wait, really? Not a net 20. He says what he just says to Howland about how, like, oh, yeah, of course you think I'm lying. You grab him, and he's surprised. You're like, oh, get your hands off of me. And then you throw him around. Unhand me, sir. <laughs> My succulent penis. <laughs> it's like you're trying to manhandle Gandalf. <laughs> Bilbo back. Hi, dear Bilbo. You touch me. You throw him onto the ground. You oh, And you put your talons on his neck. What do you say after that? It's getting real homoerotic. <laughs> Always in Eldritch Journeys. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there it is. All right, Alfred. I am tired of these games. I'm tired of second-guessing everyone. Grispancho didn't do anything to you. He was a friend. You trust me, right, Griff? Yes. That was a long pause. <laughs> Baggio, I, I do. All right, cool. And obviously you trust me. Uh, TBT, but... (laughs) (laughs) TGB sticks his head in. Did you say TGB? (laughs) That's close to my name. (laughs) No, TBD. Holland turns around, quiet, you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, see? Enough of this. I've had it. (laughs) And Griffin, like, leans into his leg, puts more pressure on his neck, and he kind of closes his talons. Slightly piercing his neck. You like that, little man? <laughs> <laughs> I'll roll intimidation. All right. 
Maybe you should roll a charisma from what this is looking like. So I'm saying, my man's playing the field. Welcome back to Eldritch Journeys, the only all-gay D&D podcast. A 10. A cur- okay, so I'm not fucking him. <laughs> not yet, you're not. That's a Christmas save? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. Okay, tell us this, Deej. Is there any part of his expression that looks like he's enjoying this? <laughs> like, does does Griffin have a chance to hit right now? Like, be real. <laughs> Roll perception. Roll perception with. Do it. <laughs> Shit, dude. I don't know if I want to touch him. Okay. I, I don't know. Just hear him on the ground. <laughs> Intimidation. Here we go. With advantage. Seven? Dude. Okay. Nothing's working. You want a free slushy, bruh? God, I do. <laughs> what don't you want a slushy? I always want a slushy! Always! Because <laughs> you rolled a seven and an eleven. Oh, seven, eleven. There's a choke as you squeeze on his neck, but he says, Unhand me, sir! <laughs> On that perception, though, you see that he's reaching for his cards that have fallen to his side. On the ground, he's reaching for one of them. Mm. I'm, I'm just going to say, in-game, Howland grabs it with Mage Hand, and he's just, don't even think about it. All right. Well, I'm giving you one last chance to tell the truth, or I will fly out of here and fly as high as I possibly can, and you'll just free fall back to Earth. Into the water, right, Griff? <clears throat> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y- yes, to the water, but the wind, Bagio, the wind can do so much with these things. No one's quite sure where he'll land. Oh, you know, that's true. It'll mess up his hair. Okay, yeah. If hypothetically he didn't land in the water, it would be the wind's fault and clearly no one else's. Well, yeah, no, I mean, there's variables you can't really control. It's science. Right. So I'm giving you one last chance. Bagel gets down next to him and goes, yeah, and tussles his hair. <laughs> Gives him a noogie. <laughs> can, he, can I, like, make any roll to see if this guy's, like, about to do some hood shit or something? <laughs> like, is there anything I can... <laughs> roll perception. 15. Okay, and then Griffin roll another intimidation. Fuck! Can I roll an intimidation because I tussled his hair? 11. No, I'll give Griffin advantage, though. It don't matter, dude. It don't. don't. 11-7, dude. You rolled an 11 and a 7. Oh, man. Again. It makes sense because all I did was tussle his hair. You jinxed it with the slurpee. Dude. Okay. I'll give you this, on a perception of 15, Howland, it's not that he's not intimidated, but in his face you can see he feels like it would not be worth it to reveal anything under these circumstances in the first place. But also on a 15 perception, he's dangerous. If you let him go or do anything, he's, at this point, I don't think he's going to play good guy. All right, Alfred, you're giving us nothing, and I'm the good cop. So from now, I'm going to hand you over, and I'll let Hallen take the lead on this. Why, thank you so much, Griffin. Uh, Baggio? Yeah? Hey, I think I left a, um, a ticket. I think a ticket fell out of my pocket, you know, from the shelf, back where we were. Oh, I'll go go dig around through all the treasure. Thank you, you, dude. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And Baggio goes over, like, to the way other side of the room and starts digging around. <laughs> Roll a uh, 20 for me, Baggio. A d20, just a straight-up d- d20. Oh, just a flat d20, okay. 
Yeah. Uh, add 600 gold. Woo! Hell yeah. I'm a rich motherfucking turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rich motherfucker, dude. <laughs> Got money. Hell yeah. <laughs> you make me very rich. Now I roll in D&D money. <laughs> okay. Alfred, do you consider yourself a cleanly person? I'd like to think I am. He grabs at his neck after a griffin gets off of him. He says, I am one of the cleanest persons you have ever met. Mm. I would assume many of us magic users are. I try to be as clean as I can be. Mm. Especially with my hands. My nails. When was the last time you cut your nails, Alfred? Oh, no. He starts biting them. Don't. Helen's like, like shooing him. He's like, stop. Quit nibbling. <laughs> <laughs> Quit nibbling. It's bad. I'm just trying to fix them real quick. Okay, now, I don't want to say this out loud. Can me and Shadow communicate telepathically? Sure. In my mind, I want to ask... Is there anything that Shadow can do right now to help me out here? Like, can Shadow restrain him for me? Can Shadow, like, dig into his mind? It, it, can Shadow help me at all here? You think that. I don't think there's a response necessarily, except that the Shadow underneath you moves over and is under Offrod right now, menacingly. All right, Offrod. Now, I have been given the designation of bad cop, and I certainly don't want to kill you. But, unfortunately, if we're not being honest with each other, then there's not much more that I can do. So, I want you to tell me one more time, and I want you to be as honest with me as you can possibly be. What happened one more time? Baggio, you're away from this right now. Yeah, 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 no, I'm not, I'm not anywhere around. Griffin, you're close by, right? Mm-hmm. Roll a wisdom saving throw. Me? Oh. Ooh. Yep. Uh-oh. Oh, he do it shizzy. a yoinky. Griffin is about to have a gloop and a splurgy. Damn. Five. Howland, as you're staring at Offrod, his eyes go pure, opaque rouge. It seems like the floor, the walls, everyone around you disappear in smoke. Oh, shit. Just flame vapor you are stuck in this rouge room it looks square did he just use domain expansion on me he did he did i understood that reference (laughs) thank you griffin you don't know where they went like they just poofed they didn't poof or anything like that but it looks more like there's an echo a mere image of them they look frozen they're not there right now and if you try going closer you can't your body stops and JMO and TGB and Long Dick oh no sorcery trickery I don't know about sorcery trickery but I can't move my fucking muscles neither can I (laughs) go ahead am I stuck now too yeah you cannot move but inside this rouge box Howland what's rouge by the way real quick scooge it's a color he's off rod the rouge Put rouge color just in case. (laughs) Because if you just look up rouge, you get rouge the bat. Howron, do you have any idea where you sit right now? 
I'm going to take a wild guess and say somewhere that is no doubt completely under your control. Yes. Yes, it is. Hmm. But beyond that, you sit in one of the greatest halls in all of Eldrigadrid. You have no idea what sits in this vault of gold and ancient artifacts. Do you understand that? I think as a magic user, you should. Well, I certainly sense something magic, and I'm going to take a wild guess and say there's certainly more here than they're telling us. As a matter of fact, there is. Why do you think the Osprey would go to such lengths to attack Thugrock, a captain and a pirate who has been infamous on these seas? They are after something here, Howland. Something that they, only they, think they could handle. And you know exactly what that is. I, uh, I do. Hmm. I would like to make a deal with you, Howland. Hmm, do tell. In our contracts, we have said that we get 142, 143rd, whatever the fuck that means. I don't mind as much gold as I can carry, but do you know what I would prefer? Hmm. I would prefer power. I would prefer something that would allow me to leave and go anywhere I'd like to give me anything I need. And from his pocket, he pulls 10 inches of silver metal ingrained in it are runes all over it but it looks beautiful silver and it's got black metal carvings into it of things you may not understand on the end of it not on the key part where you put it in and you turn it but on the the holder there is this triangular ring that goes up and there's a circle on the triangle above that and he continues and he says i have no issue with you holland I've seen you on the ship controlling a monster of great magnitude. I've seen you take on your fair share of monsters and enemies. Now please, you'll make me blush. I need to make it out of here with this key. Whatever treasure I have on my person, I will give to you. (laughs) On the ground is his deck of magic cards. And he pulls it up and he holds it out. I am a master scholar. He shuffles them and they go from one hand into the other hand. These cards allow me to do many different magical abilities. They enhance my magical aura. You give me this key, and I will give you this deck. Hmm. The deck of cards. Well, just to be clear, it is only you and me here, correct? Correct. So just to be clear, you did kill Grispacho though, right? Because I don't care. I didn't even know him. I just like to have my facts straight as all. Grispacho, he had my card. He did not give it back. He found the key. Wanted to return it to Jamo. He had to be dispatched. That's understandable. Is it safe to assume that what that key unlocks is on this island with us right now? No. Ooh, far away. It's very far away. 
It's the reason the Osprey are here. This key unlocks a door in Falcon Tomb. Ooh. A door in Falcon Tomb? I just imagine he opens it and Dwight's like, hey. <laughs> it's me. It's your boy. You all know. I can't even remember his name. Desmond. Desmond. I would like this key, Howland. The Osprey would stop at nothing. Not only just the Osprey, the Buzzards, the Orioles, every one of the Falcon Tomb humans would be after me. I am a human myself, same as you, but I do not know or do not hold any allegiance to these rats. There is no power in this capital city that has fallen once before. The power should belong to magic users such as ourselves. Mm, firmly agreed. You allow me a quick escape. I give you this deck, and whatever gold hoard or magic items they have in here is yours. I see. Well, I think that we can help each other here. As you know, I am very close with Griffin and Baggio. These two are my compatriots, for lack of a better word. Baggio is a bit simple. Griffin... It's complicated, but he can be a good lad. Here's what we'll do. We'll go back, allow me to catch Griffin up to speed. Baggio needn't know any details, and Griffin needn't know much beyond I need his help. But I believe with me and Griffin, we should be able to get you out of here safely. So this is what we'll do then. The Rouge Wall begins to melt. And before it starts melting all the way, he says, Do you trust me, Howland? With every cell in my body. The Rouge Wall melts, Griffin, and you feel your body begin to move again. You're able to, to move as you see you see Howland and Offrod now standing there again in front of you. What just happened? What was that? The interrogation, of course. Well, how'd it go? Unfortunately, matters are far from simple, but I do believe we're one step closer to catching our culprit in this murder. Well, what would you find out? Did he do it? No. It couldn't be him. Howland is going to look at JMO and look at Alfrod and then look to TGB. And don't forget Long Dick Platinum. <laughs> yes, and Mr. Platinum. And Howland. <sighs> Let's see. I'm trying to think of how I can do this in game. Daddy has got to look at his spell sheet. Oh, no. Mm, okay. So, David, just to be clear, with the Gambit's Necklace, that gives me advantage in the stat that I want? Yep, you have to choose a stat that gives you advantage and a stat that gives you disadvantage. I want advantage in Persuasion. It's It's got to be uh, one of the six stats instead of just... Oh, I thought... Okay. I mean... Could I... T uh... It's only a day, so it's not forever. Yeah. I mean, my strength is already, like, terrible. Can I get bonus in charisma and then take the minus in strength? Okay, yeah. 
I want to take Alfrod aside. Griffin, give me one moment with the subject here. Go ahead. Wait. What? Where are you taking him? Um, six feet to the left. JMO stares at you with daggers and he says, If you move muscle, I will be on you. You will be dead in a second. Is is he talking to me or Alfrod? You. What? <laughs> I'm not okay. Oh. He doesn't trust he, you were just in a like bubble with Alfrod. He's like, I do not trust you. Okay. This is about to turn into the Hunger Games so fast. <laughs> no. Eddie cast finger of death on him. Do you have that yet? <laughs> Probably not. Dang it. <laughs> oh, God damn it. This is so hard. Why must it be this way? What are you doing, Baggio, by the way? I'm digging through the gold. Roll another d20 for me. <laughs> okay. Add 1300 gold. Holy crap. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, thank you, God, D&D, for saving my ass. And, um, Howland is going to put his hands up and go, Okay, as you wish, JMO. Howland is going to use message, and that is a cantrip. Think if I fucking... What the world? That's the link to it on the, uh, thing. Message, point your finger towards a creature within range and whisper a message. Yep. Howland is going to point his finger at Alfrod. Stay where you are. Nobody move. As he points to Alfrod after he says that under his breath, he's going to say, um, I'm going to bind Griffin to my will. In a reply, Keep an eye on J-Mo. He doesn't seem to trust you. Turn around and he's going to go, uh, Griffin, one second, can I talk to you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, what do you need? Um... Um, Howland is going to put his hand on Griffin's shoulder, and, um... I just want to say, I have a bit of a rule here. Yes. Of of no PvP like this. You have to... If you want to roll a spell on Griffin, like, that's okay, but Weston has to consent to that happening because of this, like... I I don't... I don't... Dude, do you trust me? Are you asking me or Wes? I'm asking you, do you trust me? <laughs> Damn, what a loaded question. <laughs> do you trust me? Yeah, I just I just want to po- point out there, I don't I don't think it's fun Dage, if- Dage, Dage, one time, let him do it. Settle down, Dick. Just a roll. Wait, wait, why, why do I got to consent? I don't like it when my players force other players to do something. <laughs> okay. Howland is going to put his hand on Griffin's shoulder, and I want to say they're a little bit away from the group now. Not incredibly away, but they're a little bit off to the side. And Howland is going to go, um... Okay, Griffin. We've known each other for a minute now, so I think perhaps it's time we do this. (sighs) I am going to do something to you. That will allow us to communicate through means unseen. What does that even mean? Well, Howland is going to show Griffin the rune, and Howland is going to say, I've used this once before. This is an old trick that we used to have in my congregation. This rune 
provided that it's on both of us, will allow us to telepathically communicate. We can whisper in each other's minds, and I need you to play along with me right now. And Howland is saying this all very much on the down low. I need you to play along with me right now, because we are in some serious fucking trouble right now. So I am going to etch this rune into you, and connect you to myself. And we are going to be whispering to each other, but I need you to act like you are under my control. Act as if I've enthralled you. Wow, this, uh, this whole dynamic has really taken a step between us. There's some heavy, some heavy stuff. Yes. This might hurt a little bit, by the way. Where would you like it? (laughs) (laughs) Get it on your butt cheek. Get it on your butt cheek. Uh, Can you stick it in the walls of my anus? I can. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the first time I've been asked, believe it or not. Out of game, will it show? Is it going to be like a a mark? Yeah. It'll be like a tattoo. Okay, I got an idea. So it's kind of a big deal. Get it on your butt cheek like my dad's tattoo. Shut up. (laughs) He lifts up his sack. He's like, put it right there. Here, put it under this. And Griffin reaches for his arm and lifts up the bandana that he's been wearing around his bicep. Like, I don't don't think Griffin wants to know or wants to show it just yet. He's unsure. So he's going to lift up his bandana that he's got wrapped around his bicep. That way he can cover it with the bandana. Yeah, I like that. Understandable. Take a deep breath for me. (laughs) Alright, here we go, here. Bite the pillow, he's going in dry. Yes. (laughs) 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 Griffin's face when Howland puts it in his ass. (laughs) You just hear from across the counter. Does Baggio hear Griffin scream? Do you actually scream? I mean, I ain't no bitch. How bad does it hurt? <laughs> I mean, it's acid, so maybe not. <laughs> roll, a, roll a con save. Okay. Also, once again, David, suck me dry. Oh, don't, make, don't make my players do anything. <laughs> I was worried, okay? Three? Yeah, it hurts a lot. <laughs> Griffin is its like a screaming eagle, dude. <laughs> I'm going to roll a perception to see if I hear that. Okay. Also, we cut to Long Dick, JMO, and TGB as they're staring at you do this. And they're like, what the f- what? What, what are they doing? What are they doing to him? What are they doing? Uh, I think it's some type of sexual act. <laughs> some kind of act of degeneracy. They're blowing each other. <laughs> you know what happens when sailors are on the water? They start sucking and fucking... <laughs> J-Mo's in the background shaking his head like, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> All friends are like, yes, they love to fuck. <laughs> Long dicks over here squeezing one out. TGB is just like, why am I hard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can hear that, Bagu. Bagu goes, Griffin? <laughs> and Bagu runs over. What's going on? Hmm. Howland leans over behind Griffin and he's like, I gave him a tattoo. Now listen, Howland, tattoos are permanent. You really need to think about them before you get them. But of course you do, Baggio. How perceptive of you to notice. (laughs) 
Now, what, what's the tattoo look like? It's a penis he drew on you. <laughs> yeah, I drew dick butt. <laughs> One, <laughs> about, it's a door. A door to my mind. It's, I drew a realistic, I drew a, a realistic photo of David. Doing the Stevo. Hyper realistic art. And then under it says Kachow. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a door, Weston also has a door tattoo now. I was gonna say it's like a door and an, a nod to the DM. No, it just says Howland was here. <laughs> Howland was here. <laughs> it just says property of Howland Rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> property of Big Daddy Howland. <laughs> but in my mind, I imagine it to look something like um one of these. Oh, nice. Just a circle. Yeah, yeah. Ignoring all the lines beyond the outside, yes. Those have a name. Ah, uh, what are those called? Kaleidoscope. No, Weston. <laughs> no, stupid. But Howland, without saying anything in, out loud, he's going to think, like, So from now on, we'll be able to hear each other in our minds from quite the distance. Now, without saying it loudly, without thinking it too loudly, even... Ulfrod is beyond evil, he is lusting for power, and he has a key that unlocks something in Falcon Tomb. But Jamo isn't innocent either. There's something very off with Jamo. Ulfrod is exceptionally dangerous, and he absolutely did murder Grispacho 110%. That bastard. Yes, but I told him that me and you would provide him a safe escape. You want me to help a murderer escape? Is that what you're asking me to do? No, Griffin. My god, you are tone deaf. What I'm saying is we're going to double-cross him, we're going to make it look like we're helping him escape, and we're going to kill him. Okay. But it needs to look like we're on his side, and I specifically need him to think that you are my puppet, that you are under my control. Also, just FYI, he is a wildly dangerous magic user, as he did basically use domain expansion, which, I uh, gotta tell ya, it's not fucking easy. And also, it seems to be, um, his cards, a big source of his power. Okay. With you letting me in on this ability says a lot about how you feel about me. So on this, I trust you. I'm glad. All right, now, I, I, I got an idea. So you want them to think that I'm under your control? Is that how we're playing it off? Not necessarily that. More so, Alpha just needs to believe that you are my puppet. For lack of a better word, which is why you're helping me help him escape. Which, again, in reality, it's more so uh, get his guard down and then jump him, really. Right, right. Okay, I got an idea. All right, hands in. Or fictional hands in. In her mind? Three, two, one, break. What are y'all doing? <laughs> we're just, we're <laughs> sitting there staring at each other, not saying anything. Bakio's been standing there the whole time. <laughs> Bakio's like, are you guys okay? Yeah. Mm, yes, yes. I was just thinking of a picture that I saw once. Oh, what? Well, well. Was it was it something cute? It was a picture of a fish, and it was very cute. <gasps> Aww. Griffin goes up to Alfrod, and he goes, and he goes, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Juan. Hi, Alfrod. My name's Griffin. Helen is the coolest, and I'm just a stupid little bird. <laughs>
That's then he turns it. In in your mind you hear okay, that's a little bit on the nose. That's let's 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 bring it back a little bit. <laughs> no, let's bring it back a little bit. No, don't worry, it'll throw him off. Mago goes, Griffin, what are you saying? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> did wait, did I just say that? What? And then he winks, you know. Huh. <laughs> Alright, are we over? Alright, hold on. So you say that, okay, whatever. You take a step back. <laughs> yeah. Offrod smiles at Howland. Ah. I see it worked. I'm going to see if we can get J-Mo to help us. I'm going to whisper in his mind, act natural. I am going to point at (laughs) J-Mo, and I'm going to try to do the whisper. And I want to say to J-Mo, Alfred is the murderer. Me and Griffin are on your side. Act natural. We're going to apprehend him on three. But we're going to act like we're apprehending you. So be ready. You look at JMO after you point at him. He looks weirded out for a bit, surprised. His whole face goes stern, his eyebrows point, and he nods his head subtly. Howland is going to point to JMO and he's going to go, JMO, you're under arrest. Griffin, Alfred, help me apprehend the criminal. Whoa, whoa. I proved it, yes. See? I was innocent. Yes. You were never innocent. Magyo's holding TGB up off the ground by his collar and goes, Was he involved too? (laughs) I always am! (laughs) I want to say everybody in unison looks at him and goes, No. "No." (laughs) Magyo, put him down. Okay, Magyo sets TGB back down. And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling kids and their dog. <laughs> if it wasn't for that goddamn TGB. <laughs> Michael sets TGB back down on the ground, then he kneels down like next to him to get eye level with him. He puts his finger right in his face and goes, I've got my fucking eye on you, buddy. I've got my eye on you, little bitch. Don't move. Alright, so do we pull the mask off of JMO now? It's just TGB. <laughs> it's old man Jenkins! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It was that elf bitch, it was Graham Cracker, whatever the elf was, that... Keebler. Graham Cracker! <laughs> yeah, it was the elf Graham Cracker the whole time. Uh, is, is that a slur in Eldrick or Drid? Graham Cracker? Calling someone a Graham Cracker. Feels like it should be. So, I'm going to say, me and Griffin and Alfred, I'm assuming, move in to go apprehend J-Mo. J-Mo. Yeah, you see Offrod pulling out a card from his deck. JMO, you should have played better. You should have been a better person. I didn't understand when you killed Crispancho, as he's grinning ear to ear. But I think this will finally put your soul to rest. And he pulls out a card. I have this one. I think it'll work. It's called Dragon's Breath. And he begins to put it over his mouth. Griffin is now like, oh, shh. In my mind, I just want to go, Shadow, now. <sighs> JMO, now. Two hands get pulled from the ground, grabs onto both of his ankles. He looks down and he sees Shadow's arms around him. Oh, what are you talking? And he looks back at JMO, who now smiles, grabs him by the throat and then grabs onto one of his hand that was holding Dragon's Breath, 
and then takes the card and tosses it. Baggio, roll a sleight of hand. Oh, me roll a sleight of hand? Okay. Or an athletics. Yeah, roll an athletics. My sleight of hand is higher. Roll athletics. Oh, 17. You grab the card out of the air as JMO has tossed it. Off wrestlers. What is the meaning of this? Unhand me. Baggio's going to hold the card between two fingers, and then he's going to do like a quick motion, and it's gone in his hand. It's <laughs> <laughs> behind his hand. Yeah. yeah, it's just behind my hand. <laughs> yeah. Just like, hey, dude, like, don't be fucking playing with those things, dude. Baggio's just over here, like, twirling it from hand to hand. Yeah. Is is he restrained right now? Yeah, he's restrained, and he's choking. Right. No, J-Mo. Jamo was a murderer. Ooh. Wait, the gig's up that quick? Hell yeah. In my mind, to Griffin, to just, you know, kind of like remember, Jamo's not as innocent either. Jamo's also kind of fucked. That is right. So keep that in mind. I want Howland to come up behind Alfrod, and I want to say, um, Baggio, take TGB over to the side, please. Baggio grabs TGB and says, Come with me, come, come on. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is Baggio's, like, rare chances to be, like, this. The cold dick to this guy. Like, yeah. Come here, you fucking criminal. Baggio truly thinks TGB is a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. TGB's a criminal and he should be treated as such. Howland is going to come up behind Alfrod with Lizzie's dagger, and Howland is gonna go, You wanna know the thing about what you said? You were very correct, but the thing is, I like power too. Uh -huh. The Howland is going to put Lizzie's dagger in his spine. Oh, he's gonna head on a stick him? Yeah. No! Sever the spine. Pull the dagger out of my spine. Pull the dagger out of my spine. Pull the dagger out of my spine. No. Wait, what? No. No, no. No. I'm not going to do that. What's wrong with his voice? Pull the dagger out of my spine. Pull the dagger out of my spine. Okay, Holland pulls the dagger out really quick. <sighs> oh my god. Oh my god. His legs drop as he falls to his knees. Oh my god. What's going on? I... My legs. My legs. They don't... Oh no. He reaches for the deck of cards that are on the ground again. And he's, like, shuffling through them, looking for something. Please. Oh, they can't end like this. Oh, no, I need my legs. I need my legs real bad. Uh, Howland is very confused. Um, you want to explain why your voice just changed, Grandpa? Can I roll perception? Also, Howland is going to kick the cards out of his hands. You, like, stabbed him in the spine and severed his spine, and his legs are no longer working. And you also see the blood pooling around him. He's panicking. He's like, No, it, it can't end like this, no. What the heck? Shadow, would you please give us a hand, dear? 
I want Shadow to just start pulling out information if possible. All of you, including Jamo and Long Dick, see this shadow, the hands emerge from the ground and grab onto Offrod and pull him closer to the ground so he's being restrained onto the ground. And there's another hand that comes out of the ground and puts its hand on Offrod's forehead. His eyes go rouge and he begins to talk in this echoey voice. Doesn't sound like Offrod, but it just starts talking and it says, My name is Ned Offrod. I did go to Autumn's Rise. I am a wizard, but I am not a master scholar. <laughs> what? Oh. Oh. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> My true name is Donnie the Wiz. Donnie the Wiz? Donnie the Wiz! I am the best wizard of all time. Um, oh, da- oh my god, I get it now. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> you know, his hands look kind of tiny. <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait, so are you saying that Offrod was a fraud? Oh my god. I hate you. <laughs> All fraud. All fraud. I hate you. That's stupid, dude. Kill him. Shadow. Take Donnie. Uh, Baggio, go go fishing. Go go take TGB over there some more. Alright, I'll go beat him up in the corner. <laughs> Please do. Take Donnie out back. Donnie the Wiz. Donnie the Wiz. Fuck. Oh my god. I just wanted to be the greatest wizard of all time, which I totally am. <laughs> I needed this power, this key, in order to make my power the most best power that everyone says I have the best power of all time. Everyone says it. They always call me Donnie, the uh, amazing, most most powerful wizard of all time. <laughs> Baguio, as you're walking away, on that perception you rolled last episode of a 15. Oh, okay. I was wondering when that was going to come up. Your ears twitch. Does he have ears? You mean the holes in the side of my head? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm... They pucker like assholes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I literally have holes for ears. That's what turtles have. <laughs> you hear. Oh, my holes are twitching. <laughs> <laughs> you hear, like, somewhere in the cavern, you hear. Someone's getting the gluck gluck <laughs> Somebody's getting grapefruited. You look up to the ceiling of the cavern, and you see a bunch of, looks like, different color slime oozing. It's getting bigger. Uh-oh. 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 Guys? Guys! What is it, Baggio? Look up! Look up! Oh, no. By the moon. As you see all of this multicolored ooze falling from the ceiling, as a bunch of green ooze falls on Donnie the Wiz, and the last thing you hear him say as he stares up at the ooze falling down is he says, I swear to God, I am the best wizard of all time. <laughs> as it just all over on top of him, as you see a gelatinous cube fall from the ceiling on top of Donnie the Wiz. Oh no, oh no, that's a, gelat that's a gelatinous cube. 
We see those in the swamp. And then there's another <laughs> as three more fall surrounding all of you guys. Oh god, that's a gelatinous tetrahedron. Tetrahedron. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's a gelatinous parallelogram. <laughs> oh my god, that's a gelatinous trapezoid. <laughs> oh god, a gelatinous rhombus. I'm gonna say gelatinous rhombus. <laughs> I need all of you to roll initiative. <laughs> no! Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I told you before that this is going to be the last episode before we take that other hiatus that I know that I'm worried about you guys hating me over. But... Uh, just another reminder that we are going to be dropping the Puzzle Valley miniseries after this. I think it's like 17 or 8. It's 18 episodes, and it is truly my baby. I put everything into it. There's nothing else I wanted to say in this ad spot. I just wanted to come in here and just talk a little bit about Puzzle Valley, because after this episode is going to be Puzzle Valley Episode 1. It's got a whole new cast. Well, kind of new. If you listen to Soulwood, and God, I hope you didn't, <laughs> that series was fucking wild. There was no editing. There was no music. There was no good audio. It was just a Blue Yeti on the table. If, if you listen to that series and you're still here, like, God bless you. Thank God you're here. But the cast from Soulwood, Ariana, Dwight, Marlena, are in Puzzle Valley, including one other person. His name's Nate, also known as Punkin' Nonstop on YouTube. We've done a lot of projects together over the years, and here he is. Hey, what's up? All right, there we go. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um... <laughs> it's so, like, that pause, I was like, okay, how do we have a conversation now? You know, because we were just having a conversation. I'm trying not to sound professional, but it's like, I know. Uh... We recorded Puzzle Valley for how many years? Was that 2017 or 18 that we started it? 2018, because Puzzle Valley is set in 2018. Because we finished it in, like, 2021, right? Yeah, we finished it back in October. So three, four calendar years, but three years, like, total. It took us a while. Yes. And this is the first time that you played something that was, like, kind of close to d and like. It didn't kill me every time you're like, yeah, it's time to play D&D. And I'm sitting there like, it's not D&D. What's so you called it? I didn't know until after. Like, it's not really D&D. I'm like, I guess. But that's what you always called it. I mean, so. that's because everyone else called it D&D. It's, it's a TTRPG. It's not the actual mechanics of D&D. We actually started using mechanics of bubble gum shoe, but it, it didn't work right. So I actually, oh yeah, so I actually like messed with the mechanics and basically made my own system and I, I was kind of playtesting it as we went, and there's there's some rule changes here and there, but the core setting that I came up with is in it throughout. What was it like for you? It was really fun, and it was easier to grasp and to let it roll. I don't think I've actually did the premise of what Puzzle Valley was. Do you... Like, with a story, like, as a... Well, well, yeah, without spoiling it, but also with Elder Journeys, it literally is a bunch of adventures with Howland and Baggio and Griffin. And with Puzzle Valley, it's a high school teen detective story. I was going to say, like, a girl is murdered, the whole school is notified via Snapchat, 
Well, what, ten, I think, what is it? Five teenagers were also sent the video that go to the same school, basically set out to find out who done did it. Who done did it? Ah, nice reference to my old one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is the character that you're playing? Uh, so Dean K is a class clown, memer, technology wizard, and his mom is the principal of the high school that they attend. I had a lot of fun when we played Puzzle Valley every time. I don't want to spoil any of the stuff that actually happened, but did you have a favorite moment when we recorded? The ones that stick out, oh, oh I can't even spoil it, but for you, I guess I'll say is that she's, every time the bit was, she's, would come up would fucking yeah. kill me. <laughs> I'm going to bleep that. Yeah, like, I know you never played D&D before, or TTRPGs, or anything along these lines, but when I wanted to do Puzzle Valley, I was determined to have a select group of people in it. No spoilers, but I think you know now why I wanted you guys specifically, and uh, like I forced you to be a part of it. Well, how do you mean? Like, why do I know now? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yes. The whole premise of Puzzle Valley is just friendship and the idea that every moment that passes is determined to become not so long ago. There's a lot of themes in Puzzle Valley. There's a lot of for lack of a better term, magic and its own personal brand of humor. Me and you got matching Puzzle Valley tattoos after we finished yes, it. Yes, we did. You don't necessarily have the same emotional gravity to Puzzle Valley that I do, but like, what made you want to get the tattoo? Puzzle Valley took place over a long time during a lot of shit in our lives. Dwight and Ariana, too. So just, like, that always being a thing to come back to through that time, and even if it was, like, work or whatever, it was still fun to, like, bullshit with everybody. At the response that you'd gotten from the people who'd been able to pre-screen it and whatever, and just, like, I know the bits and stuff that you'd sent and the recaps and shit, it was all really good stuff, and it was just fun being a part of it, especially with all the work you put into it, too. Like, with editing and then, like, commissioning different art and music and being able to take that shit along with the content from us and tie it together in, like, a professional way. It sounds like, you know, you could have paid someone from Hollywood essentially to do it. We all went through so much shit during Puzzle Valley that we came up with, like, a a name for it, which is anyone who participated became part of the Trauma Club. In that span of three years, we all went through some major trauma and... Some health issues. Everyone... Yeah. (laughs) Everybody went through, like, health issues, breakups, and moving. And obviously the pandemic, too. Fuck. Yeah, dude. That really puts us in a little time capsule there. Dude, yeah, whoa. The then and now, like, if we took a picture then and then a picture now, it's like... They'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> People like, ooh, spooky. Who let time do this? Who made this? <laughs> <laughs> but Puzzle Valley is so special to me. No, me too, I love it. For many reasons, as a writer who wanted to tell a story about a specific subject and whatever... I get made fun of from my friends all the time who are like, oh, of course you're the kid who wanted to go back to high school. No, I don't want to go to high school. I don't want to go back to high school. I like high school fiction. It's very vulnerable when you go back and your characters are teenagers, and that's what I really like about Puzzle Valley and other high school fiction stories. These people, these group of people who do not know what they're doing with their life going through the wind and no one's helping them and they have this burden of responsibilities but they also have the safety net so they're allowed to go make mistakes and I think that's what teenagers should do is just to be free to make mistakes to me and I don't know how you were but when I was in high school my 
high school experience was very muddied because of wrestling, because my dad put me through four years of varsity wrestling, and I, I felt like I had no real high school experience because it was just wrestling, and it, it was garbage, and I didn't get to do anything with my time. The stuff that I did with my time was, like, stuff at home or stuff with friends at home. And, like, anything I did during high school was literally just, like, lights and sound. I did photography. I did art. I, we had a Holocaust class. So, like, I did stuff, but most of it was muddy by not wanting to go to school and not wanting to do the homework. My character is pretty much the same. I had, like, a couple close friends, and anybody else just thought I was, like, fucking weird. Weird or gay, either way. <laughs> oh, you don't have any girlfriend? You don't have a girlfriend? No, all the girls think I'm gay. What the fuck do you want from me? They're, oh, we thought you were gay. I had a crush on you for a year. And I'm like, oh, what? Bro, I'm 15. I don't even know how to fucking handle myself. You think I can handle someone else in my life? <laughs> I have a driver's permit. What are we going to go do? <laughs> I'm very pretentious, right? And when I think of high school, I don't think of the actual schooling itself, but it's kind of like high school encapsulates this this four-year experience of everyone living in the same town, going to the same school, and it's kind of like this weird other world. It's another society that adults are not privy to because it's just these groups of children and kids who have their own society going on. You got Dean, who's the class clown. You got the Wellingtons, who are these information brokers, and they're the rich people. And, like, you got... <laughs> You're going to say information bros. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Dude, ah, uh, I want to draw them as Timmy and Tommy Nook. You should. That'd be funny. And th- we got Kane, who's this, like, mechanic guy who's also got his own thing going on with his friends Terry and everyone's got their little circles independent of each other and they're all friends with each other but also not because they're all fucking high schoolers so they're all like oh well I I got these friends and I got these friends over here and I got these friends because everyone always likes to shit on kids and teenagers and be like oh well they don't know the world it's like but bro they know the world you gave them and they're dealing with it and this is what they're doing with it and that's why Puzzle Valley is the way it is. It, it feels kind of magical. It's like the way that you would make things connect in it. Always really cool to me because I'm like, damn, he wrote this shit out. Fuck, how did you write this for years and just sit on it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was tough. I like, I'm not like trying to flex or anything. Like, but throughout it, I was like, I'm not sure if this is ever gonna be finished. Like, I was in such a perpetual state of anxiety with it every time because I was like, I don't know if we'll ever finish it every time and I it was kind of for a long time it did feel like I was like <laughs> throwing a rope around you fools and tying it and like dragging you up the mountain <laughs> was I the worst one to wrangle with it I feel like I was honestly at first because you had no like because I, I had played with Dwight and Ariana and Soulwood and other campaigns outside of Eldritch Journeys they knew the drill to a certain extent doing it remotely probably had the biggest hurdle it was easier but harder somehow, like, rather than all of us getting together, like, it still took longer, like. But I'm glad we did it remotely, because if we did it together, it would have been a Soulwood situation. I don't think you were the worst, but I was worried about you the most, because you had the least experience. In, like, the actual Eldritch journeys, the way the mechanic works, is that they have this huge character sheet filled with, like, well, I can do this, and I can do that, and I have these magical weapons that allow me to do this, that, or the other. You can be invisible, too? That's one thing you don't know, Kaya. My guy has lots of powers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how it feels whenever I DM for Howland. Yes, dude. Yeah, that, Eddie actually playing when I listened through the couple things that I did, when you told me to get a better feel for it, when, I, when he's like, and then I cast this giant fucking fire mace that comes through the window into my hand and I just kill them all. I'm like, 
you could do that? And then you're like, all right, roll for it. And then he rolled and you did it. And I'm like, oh, you could just literally say anything? And you're like, yep. I'm like, fuck, I right. <laughs> I didn't know it was like that. I thought it'd be like... <laughs> it's the context of the world, right? Because, like, Dean K can't be like, and now I bring my bell. My one thing was the... Well, I mean, if you can cut it too, is my bag of tricks, we will say. Well, no, you, no, you, that's what I wanted to talk about. Like, everyone has a class item. Oh, yeah. That's the mechanic in Puzzle Valley here. You can do whatever you want. Your class item will allow you to do it as long as you use it in the context of what your class item was. What was your class item? The Hermione Infinite Bag. I mean, that's not what we called it. That's not what we called it, whatever. (laughs) Well, just so that people understand what I mean, you know. I had a, like, a green kid's dragon book bag. If we needed something within means, I could pull it out of my bag. Because if you know me, I didn't know what to do for a character, and I wanted to do the thing for DJ. And I was like, you know what, sure. And I just went with, like, the easiest stuff. I made my character me. A lot of people do that for the first time, I'm assuming, honestly, to some extent. Just in general, they make it an aspect of themselves, so it's easier to, like, roll with. I almost always have one thing of everything either in my room or, like, in my bag or my car of something for, like, oh, wait, hold on, I've got that. And then, like, why? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So it just sort of carried over to the show. We called it the bag of memes. Fuck. I I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure. It was basically you can pull out anything out of your bag as long as it was in the context of, like, technology or, uh, like, a prank. And I remember one time you would pull out, like, I pull out a whoopee cushion or whatever, and you, like, use it in a smart way. Yeah. There's one time, and this isn't a spoiler, technically. I mean, it is, but it's not, like, a... There's one time, and it's one of my favorite moments because it had such big Nate Punkin nonstop energy. <laughs> Of, like, how you get passive-aggressive about something because you think someone's being rude to you when it wasn't that whatsoever (laughs) and you carried it through the rest of the episode. (laughs) Dwight was talking in character and said something like, Dean, have you ever taken uh, chemistry? Because you were like, I'm going to make this this trap out of a lighter or something like that. Yeah. Dwight spoke in character. He's like, have you ever taken chemistry? Like, he was worried because he didn't know if you were going to make a bomb that was going to explode in their faces. And the way you took it was like... I, the, that it's not going to work and I'm stupid. Like, it's some simple chemical Yeah, yeah, you're stupid, thing. idiot. Yeah. And you're like, bro, I'm... What do you, what do you fucking mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> you were so fucking mad about it, dude. That tracks. You call me dumb? <laughs> We don't take too kindly to people that don't take too kindly around here. Like, there's so many funny fucking bits in Puzzle Valley. Oh, yeah. Like, the jokes are still so fucking good. That was the one thing that I don't remember much of the shit that I said, but I just knew, like, saying something and just everybody roaring with laughter through it, and then when people watch it back and you're like, they loved this bit, it was always, like, really cool. I asked Ariana to draw puzzle pieces for me at one point. They did. They drew a bunch of puzzle pieces for, like, I think the art of the show. When I was trying to come up with a logo for Puzzle Valley, I just took one of the puzzle pieces and I put the logo in it. And then we ended up using that as the the tattoo template. And so technically, me and Nate, we have an Ariana drawing tattooed on her body. It just coincides because it's cool because it was somebody from the, the campaign, you know. Hello, BJ. Hey, I'm home. All right, cool. We're recording an ad spot right <laughs> hi, now. Do you want to say anything to Eldrick Journeys? <laughs> Nate says hi. Oh. Tell hi. <laughs> you want to say anything to Eldrick Journeys about the Puzzle Valley hiatus they're about to go on? <laughs> hey guys, sorry the Puzzle Valley's going on a hiatus, but hey, this will give me a chance to listen to it. Bruh. No, you... Bruh. <laughs> Bruh, we're going on an 
Eldritch Journeys is going on a hiatus, but Puzzle Valley is going to replace it for the next 18 episodes. Wait, how are we going on a hiatus if we haven't recorded in a while? <laughs> Bro, okay. <laughs> we, the last episode that we had recorded is going to be released. And that's why it's going on hiatus, because there's nothing else to edit. And there's nothing left to publish. <laughs> there's nothing left. So Puzzle Valley is going to replace it because we have 18 episodes of that stockpiled. And then after the 18 episodes, then we're coming back. Uh, listen to Puzzle Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. All right, bye. That's fun. It, it does feel like I'm the captain of a ship that's empty sometimes <laughs> where I'm just steering it like, hold it steady. <laughs> the sails. Steady, steady. You're good. No one's You're on good. the sails. You're good. <laughs> I have a lot of tattoos now. Wait, how many do you have now? One, two, three, four, five? Hell yeah. To wrap this up here, because we're going on 40 minutes, I have to cut this fucking shit down. <laughs> the premise, it's a high school teen detective story set in the school Puzzle Valley High. There's the class clown, Dean K. Played by me, Punkin' Nonstop, or Nate. Punkin' Nonstop, the man who has so many videos on YouTube. Who also is on a hiatus, <laughs> with no announcement this time. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you have so much content. There's like probably 1,200 gaming videos since 2016 on my channel, and like 70 record showcase ones, and then like a 1,000 other ones uh, buried and hidden through playlists in there since most of them are unlisted. Continue. <laughs> we did the Season of the Curse. I was oh, just yeah, going to say, yeah. we did Season of the Curse together. Uh, it's a Halloween musical. But uh, it's on Splat House on, on YouTube. But Tom and John Wellington, the information bros, the rich information bros, the piece of shit rich information bros, <laughs> Kane Cortez, the mechanic brawler, and Blair Choice, the daughter of the mayor, also known as the Blair Bitch. So, what's a cool, fun way to end the ad spot that's going to make these people want to listen up? We will be accepting pre-orders for the vinyl soundtrack of Puzzle Valley <laughs> anytime. That might actually be true. I love the soundtrack. Season of the Curse soundtrack signed by Gimmick and I on CD available at punkandonshop.com for just $5. True. The Puzzle Valley soundtrack is actually legitimately my favorite. Like, I love this soundtrack. Oh, yeah, the Puzzle Valley soundtrack is sick. Dude, I can't wait for them to hear it. What's a way to end this bit? What's a way to... Not so long ago, well, I saw, saw a weary crow. Something strange hit my head. So I find myself moving on. Not so long ago, all I wanted was to spread my wings. But that's before my spirit broke, though I keep on moving on. Nothing inside. I laid back in fright without approaching the dawn. It's hard to keep moving strong in the blink of an eye. The sky became too high. Can't, Can't find, find a place to go, so I became a weary crow. Twelve. Alright, let me roll my one, my single initiative point. We gotta fight some slimy boys.
I'm gonna say in his mind to Griffin, uh, Howland is just like, yeah, this, uh... This ain't it. <laughs> this is so much. Uh, what are we about to get ourselves into? What what the hell is this? <laughs> gelatinous shapes. It's a gelatinous rhombus. You know, my cousin actually got eaten by a gelatinous cube once in the swamp. It was not pretty. They turn you into soup. That's no good. So a gelatinous cube is like one of the classic D&D monsters, like it's one of the most well-known. And it's literally a giant cube made of goo, and it's acidic. And it's one of my favorite D&D creatures ever. It's, it's just as iconic right up there with like the beholder. Also, when are we going to face the beholder? Scratch that, we're not ready. You will face a beholder when I say you face a beholder. That's true. <laughs> literally, you're the DM. Before we continue, we said rhombus, tetrahedron, trapezoid, parallelogram, pillow, pillow, yeah, parallelogram, parallelogram, para parallelogram, paraplegic, <laughs> which I don't think is a 3D shape. Is a parallelogram a 3D shape? No, he said paraplegic. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out! Cut that out! <laughs> Should be a pretty easy fight. <laughs> you know who's got hands? The devil. And he uses them for holding. <laughs> and, he, and he uses them for holding. <laughs> to me, crazy frog is just regular frog. I'm on two cups of coffee this morning, and then I didn't think we were going to fight today. But I'm excited, so... The Red Bull's coming out for this one. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Oh, oh, oh God. Weston is relying on Red Bull preserves <laughs> to keep going. No, I mean, no, I feel fine. I feel f I'm cool to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea of 2D gelatinous monsters even scarier. Like, they're just flush with the ground and they're coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so first up here, and uh, I need uh, I need my Sir Mix-a-Lot, please. Right, one second, homeboy. And also, this is canon that they are a trapezoid, a rhombus, a tetrahedron, and a parallelogram. <laughs> That's the scariest part. Oh, I should probably give him colors, too. Yeah. Red, blue, purple, green. I need one more. One more, uh, yellow. Ew. That one's made of piss. <laughs> Everyone, quick. <laughs> <laughs> Drink as much as you can. <laughs> Howland's screaming through dimensions as it's getting trippy. Like, it, it looks like he's phasing out of reality. Is just screaming like, It's good piss. <laughs> <laughs> the green one's made of Baja Blast. <laughs> the blue one is raspberry slush. What did you just say? <laughs> raspberry slush. Bagyo tackles. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Get in my fucking mouth. <laughs> this one's a fucking slushy, dude. <laughs> Which one's Sierra Mist, bro? <laughs> Alright, let's kill these shapes. Took me a while, but it's Donnie the Miz. It's Donald Trump. Donnie the Wiz, not the Miz. Wiz. The Miz. <laughs> the Miz. The Miz. The Wiz. A couple things real quick. My favorite thing ever is probably going to be off-road was a fraud. And you... Oh, fuck you. This is my favorite ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<sighs> I didn't see that coming. That's on me. That's me. It's just like, dude, shut up. I am so glad that Donnie the Wiz was possibly possessed because, man, if I had to hear that voice for an entire session, I've like, damn. I didn't. I thought we were gonna play this out a lot longer. I thought Helen was gonna wait till Donnie, or I guess all fraud. The thing is, I, I was gonna do that, but it's like... Yeah, Offra was gonna kill Jamo. True. It, it's like, I was not confident that we could take him without Jamo is the thing. Right, okay. Also, if he had killed Jamo, it would just be me, you, Baggio, and, like, Long Dick really fighting these slimes. Like, I, I don't think Alfred would've helped. Probably be like, fuck that, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because BJ was like, all right, next, go to Allfraud and be like, Alan's penis is way bigger than mine. Yeah. I just got a little bird dick. Man, Alan's got the biggest cock I've ever seen. It's even bigger than Mark's. <laughs> As Alan just squints, and he's like, who is Mark? <laughs> Baggio, TGB, Griffin, Howland, Long Dick Platinum, and JMO sit in a circle surrounded by a red rhombus, a blue tetrahedron, a purple trapezoid, a green cube who is slowly swallowing Donnie the Wiz, and a yellow parallelogram. Yes. <laughs> yes, okay, here we go. Can Howland reach in with Mage Hand and try to grab the key off of him? We'll see on your turn. Okay. The purple trapezoid is up first, rolling a natural 20. Good. Sick. Also, there was two natural 20s rolled by the gelatinous shapes. Sick, dude. Now I'm over here rolling 7-11s. I was gonna say, it's good to know that I'm being outrolled by a fucking shape. Please continue. <laughs> the purple trapezoid. Wait, oh fuck, I need to ask you guys something real quick. How much gold do each of you have? No, you piece- Wait, why? Are we about to lose it? Uh, I... You piece of crap! How much gold do you guys have? Oh my... 3,700. Just about. 5,700, but not on me. 5,100. How much, Baggio? 5,100, you piece of garbage. Howlin', how much? 5,700, but mine's in my, uh, thing of holding. Not here. Uh, it's still on your person, though, right? Nah. The holding thing? Nah. <laughs> Griffin... How much you got? <laughs> uh, um, a slight 3,700. All right, here you go. The purple trapezoid heads towards Howland. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, because he's got the most money? Yeah. DJ gave us all this money, and then he was like, oh, crap, I got to do something about that. And then he, now he's getting rid of it. Now I have to take it. Now it's like, fuck the rich, dude. Oh, is this literally because, because slimes eat people? Is this eating the rich? And we roll, don't we, boys? Oh, my God. You're such a cock. <laughs> <laughs> Eating the rich. You white apologist. With Donnie the Wiz. <laughs> Twitter, motherfucker. Dude's fucking getting political in our campaign. On a 15. Let me see. There we go. This motherfucker. The trapezoid launches itself towards Howland. I'm picturing just a fucking trapezoid, a purple slime trapezoid. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Imagine they're all made of jello, because that's pretty much it. Jelly. That's a hit. Wait, what's our health at? We're still. Mine isn't much, I'll tell you. My health is, is currently 21, because I never got a chance to rust. Wait, what's Baggio's? Uh, 
I'm not that low. My max is 39 and I'm at 30. Wait, how'd you go back from one? I got healed. Oh, at the ship. We gave him all the healing potions, right? Yep. You get hit with 3d6, which is four damage to you, acid damage, as the trapezoid launches past you, throwing out some of its gelatinous skin onto you. Right. Parallelogram is now next. The yellow parallelogram, 16. Yeah, that hits. They get plus four to hit. Of course. All right, eat the rich. Uh... <laughs> Seven damage. As the parallelogram gets real close to you, Howland, you can feel the heat rising as it starts touching you. Ooh. Red rhombus. <laughs> the red rhombus. That sounds like a superhero. That's a miss on the red rhombus. Have I mastered dual wield? Have we established that? Uh, no, you, you have dagger and sword, but you can't do two swords. But you do have the arm of Zeus, which can. Well, that's what I'm saying, but it says when the user masters dual wielding, the third arm can be used for triple sword wielding. Yeah, that's triple. You can use it for double now. You can use it for double. Oh. So Griffin does the little anime scene where he, like, cuts a third of the screen. It's his eyes. Hey. And cuts the third thing, and he latches his belt. So Griffin puts on his arm of Zeus, takes out the sword that never misses in one hand. We'll give the buzzard's fall belt hand. And then my third hand, or my second hand, you said I can use the dagger on it? Uh, yeah, if you want. I don't know what the dagger will actually do, but... Bone saw. Are you using bone saw? Bone saw is ready. Yeah. I'll use it for now. Is that your first action with bone saw? I guess. I will say their AC is very low. A six. That hits. You guys will be able to attack, but you use bone saw, right? Yeah. Okay, do you want to use your second attack as well? Sure. Let's follow that up with, we'll go Buzzard's Fall. Okay. Also 13. They both hit, but my meme of Mr. Krabs talking to Squirt saying, how do we tell him, is very real. Oh, I know, yeah. The Bone Saw does attack. Deal damage, please, Weston. You sweet summer child. Three, six with the Buzzard's Fall. Okay, that's fine. The Bone Saw does damage. They both do nine damage. Uh, I'm going to tell him. I'm about to tell him. It, swords don't mean nothing, does it? Well, no, they do mean stuff. They actually mean a lot. The thing is, uh, gelatinous cubes are tricky because you're basically trying to fight jello, so it's... Yeah. There's a lot that basically doesn't work on it. Not just that. Think of what happens if you... Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead, Deej. Which one were you attacking, by the way? The parallelogram or the rhombus? Rhombus. The rhombus, okay. Eddie, what happens when you cut off a piece of a starfish? <laughs> it regrows. Mm-hmm. Both pieces. Sick. It's like slime. As you slice down with the buzzard's fall on the rhombus, you do the damage to the rhombus. But as you cut down it, there are now two rhombuses. But they're half the size. They are half the size. Something you do notice, though, is the bone saw specifically dealt damage but did not cut it in half, creating another rhombus. The buzzard's fall created two rhombuses. I'm going to roll another initiative for this one. Well, I'm going to have to change up my plan. Baggio, your turn. Baggio? Yeah? I've got a plan. Try to move them close to each other. Okay. Baggio runs in between them. I'm going to attack them with my staff. Which one? Well, the left one. Oh, the rhombuses. Okay, so that hits? Yeah. Seven damage, yeah? After I do that, I'm going to swing around 
and hit the right one. Two hits on both of the rhombuses. They both hit, dealing all together 11 damage. Howlin, it's your turn. As the two rhombuses are together closer. I want to use Abyssal Barrier to squeeze them all together so we can just fight one thing. Oh, you want to squeeze all of the... Yeah. Hmm. Oh, damn, what shape is that? Giant rainbow slime blob shape. Shit. Okay, hit your Abyssal Barrier for me. Ah, I see. All right. And you want to squeeze, correct? Yeah, I want to squeeze them all together so we don't have to fight, like, ten different little blob enemies, because that's just going to get hectic. Roll an Arcana check for me. All right. 22. Yeah, yeah. You guys see Howland as he takes an abyssal barrier of ghostly purple energy surrounding all of these other figures, the rhombus, the tetrahedron, the trapezoid, and the parallelogram. The cube is still busy munching down on Donnie the Wiz, and it is not close enough for you guys to push that one together. But you do see as the abyssal barrier begins to shrink and shrink and shrink until all of the jellies inside are combined. And inside, you can see through the abyssal barrier, you see this red, blue, purple, yellow. All of the shapes now come together into this one big sphere. Howland takes off a pair of glasses and he's just, my god. It's a gelatinous spear. (laughs) It kind of looks like a lava lamp, to be honest, with all the different colors inside of it going up and down. I like that. And let me now combine all of their HP together. Yeah. What do you want me to call this? The Giga Slime. The Giga Slime. Very good. Giga Slime in parentheses, Rainbow. There we are. Rainbow Giga Slime. I love it. Is that your turn, or did you want to use an attack as well? Because you do have multiple attacks. I would now, since this is a slice. Because again, it is a slime. I want to use a ray of frost to try and freeze it. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to roll con saving throw. What's your DC spell save? How much did my charisma get increased by because of the gambit, whatever, necklace? Oh, wait, your charisma. That's right. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Roll a D6 for me. Lol. Three. So your DC is 18 now. Fuck. Lovely. Uh, yeah, that's a miss. Five. Right. Write that down for me for the rest of the day. So they rolled a five, they missed, rolled the Ray of Frost. Oh, roll another d6 for me as well. Yeah. Five. Okay, that means your... Huh. <laughs> that... <laughs> okay, that means your strength is right now minus six. Best. Ray of Frost. Make a ranged spell attack against the target. On a hit, it takes 1d8 cold damage, and its speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of your next turn. Oh, no. Okay, roll a d8. Uh, ba 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 ba. Eight. Fuck. What, uh, what level spell was that again? That was a cantrip. Really? Okay. Yeah, that, that does damage. Good. This purple energy bursts from your hands as you attempt to freeze it. I rolled a five. You do eight damage to it, and it is not moving because you reduced it to... Zero speed. Yeah. Good. Which I could be like, oh, you combined all their speed, so they're like blah, 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 but not. No. TGB's turn. Is it like a trampoline? No! Tell him to shatter it. Shatter it. Yes. Actually, yes, TGB. Yes. Jump at it. Go, go catch it. Here I go! 
and he jumps on all fours as he runs towards it with his helmet on that has the horns on as he runs and jumps into the frost. That's a hit, plus his power. The horns pierce into the frosted slime as it does nine damage and shatters a little bit, shrinking the Giga Slime. He actually falls back and rolls back and he grabs Andrew's head. He's like, Ow! That's not like a trampoline! Yeah, that's wild. Long Dick, right next to him, flicks his hat up and he says, Oh, let me give this a go. For the love of God, Long Dick, don't split it apart. Remember, if you split it, it multiplies. He was about to go, and then he's like, oh, god damn it. Uh, and then he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a little ball with a wick on it. He's like, this do? Yeah, shatter it. Yes. He runs, and he tosses it into the slime. That's a hit. Let me see. That's a fucking bomb. Oh, my god. <laughs> I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. What? He forgot to light it. Oh my fuck. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> keep it, no, keep it. Long dick, you get in there and you get that bomb. You grab that bomb back right now. Wait, if the bomb's in there, Howland, you could shoot a fireball at it. I got an arrow. That's true. Yeah. Wait, what type of arrows though? Fire arrows. Something to ignite the bomb. Here's the thing. I'm looking at the blood quiver, and I'm like, okay, that don't make sense. Arrows made by the quiver are red and do an additional 1d6 acid damage. On top of the arrow damage that you have. Right, but they do acid damage themselves. Yeah. So does acid even affect them? No. Wait a second, hold on, let me see. They're made of acid. What do you mean? I was gonna say. Yeah, you're right. I looked at it from the point of like, oh yeah, we do punch damage, so... We're not affected. No, if someone punched me in the face, I'd be affected. <laughs> but it is the Giga Slime's turn. It is going after... I thought you said it couldn't move. It can't move, but, like, they are going to attempt something here. Oh, is it going to do, like, its acid spray or something? Here we go. Can all three of you... Well, everyone's got to roll... Athletics? No, it's dexterity saving throw, everybody. 9, 14, and 12. Pissed. Man, it's going to scoop my shell again. 12 damage all around, please. Everybody takes 12 damage? Oh. Not Griffin, sorry. Okay, but that doesn't answer my question. Do we each take 12 damage, me and Baggio, or is it split? No, it's both of you. Okay. Dude, I don't have- I don't have anything to fight fucking Jello. You do have arrows, they do piercing damage. Yeah, but... I mean, yeah, I guess it's not splitting them in half. Wait, can I use my bow? While the Armasus has a sword for future? Absolutely. Since I can't dual wield right now. I was so happy that you got that. That was cool. It is a cool ass thing. You look at JMO, who tightens his grip. You see him flex as he digs his feet into the ground. You see the ground underneath him as it cracks a little. Sister! And he, boom, real quick, fast, as he's running towards the slime. Again, he has no weapons, he has no swords, he has no axe, he has nothing like that. The only thing that he has is his hands. As he runs, one, two, three, leaps into the air as he dives into the slime. Well, this dude's in the slime. What the heck? 
you guys can't really see him through the different types of color and slime inside, but you do see a figure as he's moving inside of it. Griffin, it's your turn. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. <laughs> uh, uh, mentally, to Griffin, Howland is just like, detonate the bomb, do it now, detonate the bomb. With Jamo? Remember that Jamo isn't innocent. Mm. Damn, I don't know if... I don't know if I can do this in one foul swoop. That's fine. You have multiple turns for a reason. And multiple attacks. Damn, dude. I don't... I, like, I think Griffin knows J-Mo's not innocent. But to just kill him like that, I don't think Griffin would do. It's up to you. <sighs> you know that gelatinous cubes literally acid people. Like, they, like if you get inside one, it's it, it's fucking you up. Think of it like they're just one giant stomach. Like, you go inside of one, they start digesting you. If you look over at the green cube that was on Donnie the Wiz, you see the skin slopping off of his body inside of the cube. Oh my lord. Well, I mean, I don't have, like, a fire arrow or anything. It's just, like, a regular arrow. I don't know if that would be enough to detonate the bomb. Maybe. I mean, would you shoot a grenade? What do you mean? Like, if you had a gun and you were pointing it at a grenade, would you shoot it? Because, oh wait, that's not how it detonates? I feel like if you shot it, it should do something. I mean, I'm gonna shoot it. I go for it. Do I have to roll something? Ah, uh, fuck, I forgot how it works. With the accuracy thing? Yeah, accuracy in arrows. How close are we? Right now, you guys are about 25 feet away. That's relatively close. Especially for a sharpshooter like myself. Exactly. I'm just worried about, uh... Oh, the blowback. <laughs> no, the I'm shrapnel. worried about... <laughs> yes. All right. Let's see what you roll. 15 plus 3. 18. Really? Okay. Griffin pulls out the bow, and he flies into the air and shoots top down, shooting it while he's hovering in the air. You see the grenade. You guys see the arrow go down into the slime. Can you do me a favor... Yep. Roll a d8. <laughs> one. And that one. That's fair. Ah! Because you, you hit the exact number you needed. In a, so you see... Everybody roll a dexterity saving throw. Oh, shit. Oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh no. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, including you, Griffin. Oh, shit. Woo! Is that good? Yeah. It's really fucking good. Can you guys say what you rolled? Nat 20. Thank God. So, won't be dying just yet this episode. 18. I got 18 as well. You see Griffin fly into the air as he pulls out an arrow, shoot down into the slime. And just with the perfect accuracy, there's a... Sending all the slime everywhere into the cavern. The gelatinous slime gets on everything, except for you, TGB, Long Dick, Baggio, Griffin, Howland. All of you guys have run and rolled out of the way to get away from any of the slime. You're looking around and you see that the slime from the cubes and from the gelatinous slime, the Giga slime, is melting a bunch of the gold around you. How many points did you guys take of damage? I don't know how many points of damage we took, but I am at 18 health. What were you at before that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, no answer? All right. He doesn't know. I'm still at 26. I am at 5 health. 
I think I was at 30, so wait. I don't think I took any damage. I took 22 total, I guess. The Giga Slime exploded around you. All of the slime, gone. It looks like they're steaming and boiling on the ground. It looked like it was schlicking back together, but it doesn't. Like it tried to and then gave up? Yes. And in the center of the slime, you see Jamo on his knees. He stands up, and he looks back at you, Griffin. I thought I was going to be the one to detonate the bomb. Maybe if you uh, lit it the first time. That was long, Dick. Shit. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> he looks away from you as he walks forward towards all of you guys now. You took 15 points of damage, Baggio? 22. 22, okay. Howland, you took how much? I know I took 12 damage, and I think I took, like, 5 beyond that. 12 plus 4. 16. Okay, so 16 and 22. Yeah. Uh, both of you roll a d20 for me. Uh-oh. That's never good. How much gold did we lose? Okay, that's 19, and that's, what's 16 plus 22, Baggio? Uh, 30. Uh, well, 22 plus 10 is 32. It'd be 38. 38, yeah. Is that more damage? No, this is how much gold we lost. Oh, you suck. <laughs> Baggio, you lost 3,800 gold. Howland, you lost 1,900 gold. Lovely. I'm at 1,300. Ugh. <laughs> You're awful. Why'd you even give it to us? <laughs> to take it away. That's why. <laughs> we gave it to you to take it away. And he says I'm the evil one. Interesting. Evil! Uh, you guys doing anything right now? Using calculator. How much did you say I lost, David? 1,900? Yep. Damn. Griffin, you have 3,700? Yeah. Roll a d20. Wait, I, I'm losing this? I just want, I just roll a d20 for me. Two. You didn't take any damage though, right? No. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. Oh my. Fuck out of here. What's going on with Alfrod? Oh yeah. You look over at Alfrod. You still see the green gelatinous cube on top of him. The skin is slinking off of his body. You see his wizard hat floating inside of the cube. All the cards that he had also in there as well. The cube is still moving on him. It seems like it's like eating him. Can Howland use Mage Hand to get the key out of there? That should be safe. Um, one second. Baggio, I'm going to remind you of something I need you to put in your inventory. Oh... Wait a minute, I have the Dragon's Breath card. And I do the little hand thing and it appears in my hand again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baggio, you should uh keep that somewhere safe. It might come in handy one day. Oh, you mean maybe I should keep it and he does the hand thing and it's gone and then he reaches behind your ear and pulls it out from behind your ear? <laughs> maybe I should keep it in there. Oh, uh, yeah, how about n not there? Maybe somewhere in your shell. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, and he puts it in his shell. <laughs> Baggio multi-classes into wizarding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not wizarding, it's literally a magic trick. I know, it's fun, I love it. <laughs> Wait, can Baggio just have this, like, side story where Baggio just 
slowly becomes a magician yeah becomes like a magician and gets like the little handkerchief that's never ending <laughs> just like throughout the campaign him just slowly learning like magic tricks oh i love that so much because i've got a plus three to my sleight of hand so <laughs> sure oh that's fun I like that a lot. I say in his free time, Bago practices magic tricks. Maybe he gets one of those black hats he just starts wearing around. (laughs) (laughs) Pulls a rabbit out. (laughs) That's fun. I like that a lot. Howland, do you attempt to use Mage Hand to reach into the gelatinous cube and pull out the key that Offrod had on him? And you do see the key inside of the gelatinous cube. But as you try to attempt your Mage Hand into the gelatinous cube... It, it stops. The gelatinous cube starts to move away from it. Like, it suddenly knows what you're trying to do. Can I can I still just, like, grab the key and jump back, or...? It's moving away from the mage hand, and it's getting faster, too. This is really weird for you. Gelatinous cubes are not supposed to be intelligent beings whatsoever. And the fact that it's moving away from your mage hand is a little concerning that it recognizes that. You see it squelching together. You see it moving back. Baggio Griffin, even TGB is like, What is it doing? It starts to get, like, taller. It begins to just, like, shake and and move without you even understanding why. And you keep thinking about it over and over and over again. You're like, why? why is it fucking doing this? Then all of a sudden, the cube transforms. The legs of it become legs. Arms sprout out of it. And a face begins to form. Hair begins to form. Uh. And you see the book that Offrod had inside of it, like, sliming around it. And the wizard hat also moving. And then you see Offrod's oh. brain as oh, it no. slowly moves up and up and up into the head of this new gelatinous person. I told you I was the greatest <laughs> As you see, a girl. Are you bringing her into this? <laughs> is this her origin? <laughs> oh, man. Wait, who is this? It's from a game we did with our friends. <sighs> it's a character DJ played. And she goes, I'm alive! Wow! She grabs at the ground. She's like, what is this? Oh, my God. Uh, Howland is going to look at her and he's going to say, quickly, you've got a piece of metal in you. Get it out of there. Hurry, hand it to me. It'll poison you. Roll persuasion for me. (laughs) Baga goes, it's the floor, you dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Baga is pissed. He's like, it's a fucking... Also, can can I get... For the love of God, can your boy get advantage on this because she doesn't know what the fuck is even happening? Yeah, yeah, roll of persuasion with advantage, yeah. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> 22, 21. Alright, there you go, thank you. Just, please, sweetheart. She reaches into her stomach. Oh yeah, Wes, that's a picture that, uh, that DJ got made of her. That's literally the character. With the stuff in it? Yep. Yeah, that's, yeah. I am so pissed. Like, bravo. Like, that bravo. That's very clever, but I'm I'm so pissed that this is... 
You see the bones. So this is how this happened. You see the bones of Offrod inside of her with that wizard hat. His brain is now her brain. The slime of her hair looks like pigtails. And her top, she actually does have a top. It looks like <laughs> made of slime, a darker green slime. But it is still slime. And a skirt. It says, get your slime on. And it does say, get your slime on. <laughs> She reaches into her stomach and she pulls out this silver key and she goes, Oh, what is this? Hurry quickly, it's poisonous to slimes. Hand it to me. I already got a 20. You give it to me right now, David. <laughs> give me the key. Give me the fucking key right now. Let it go. She comes closer to and she holds out her hand for you to grab it. Howland is going to like yoink it with mage hand because I am very hurt and I don't want to die again. <laughs> Do not touch her. <laughs> oh my god, what? What is all of this? Oh my god. <gasps> she puts her finger to her head and she's like, <gasps> two plus two equals four. Oh my god. I don't know why, but it, I keep getting in my head that Boggo's pissed and that she's so dumb. Maybe it's because it's, like, it's the first time he's met someone dumber than he is. <laughs> Can you imagine? What is her fucking problem? <laughs> yeah, that's literally that's literally Boggo right now in his head. He's like, what is her fucking this problem? This girl's an idiot. <laughs> Oh, my God. TGB comes up and gets really close to all three of you, and he whispers, he's like, Oh, my God. I think she's dumb. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Holland is just looking at TGB with the most, like, dead-eyed, like, I hate you expression, and he's also going to um try to sneakily pocket that key in his robe and back away from the slime woman. As you back up, you hit, it feels like a wall behind you. Oh, my God, no. I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to deal with JMO. Go away. <laughs> I love that that's in character. Like, you know it's JMO right there. Immediately. I don't, I don't care. I don't want to do this. The slime girl's moving around, and she's, like, rotating, just feeling the air around her. And she Mario goes, so what's your name, dummy? Uh, I don't have one. Pick one. Uh. <laughs> TGB, like, goes up and sniffs her, and he goes, Hmm. You look like gelatin. <gasps> then that's my name. My name is gelatin. Gelatin. <laughs> How about just jelly? <laughs> that's what you are. Woo! <laughs> oh my god, she's a woo girl. <laughs> Gelatin. Bagio's gonna pull Griffin to the side. <laughs> Bagio. What's happening? I, I don't know, man. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We gotta get out of here before she gets us all in big trouble. I can't stand to hear her talk. It's... <laughs> Really? Why is that, Baggio? She's an idiot. Yeah. Like, what? I mean, it, like, how could anyone, like, we? it's like she can't come with us. Like, could you imagine traveling around with an idiot all the time? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Howland from behind both of you is just going to go, could you only imagine? <laughs> I think you guys be perfect together. <laughs> oh, my God. Mentally... Howland to Griffin. Howland is going to go, Griffin, I might need a little bit of help here. What do you need? You look over at Howland. Jamo is literally standing right behind him. Oh. 
It's looking like a prison shower scene right about now. <laughs> Helen and Jamo, and I would very much like to get away. Alan don't need his chili ring rung. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I don't think I had a post-it note on my back that said shatter my shitter, so I'm probably walking away right about now. <laughs> oh my god! I just want to just... <laughs> just... Woo! <laughs> Shatter my it's shitter. literally, <laughs> it's literally like he's gonna crack my cornhole, dude. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Wait, is he that big? Is he as big as Kingpin? No, he's not as big as Kingpin from Spider Verse. I love the idea of giant fucking like overly exaggerated. <laughs> I will reiterate, Jamo is a very big man. He's not toned, muscly like. But he just looks like someone you wouldn't fuck with. He's uh, really big. <laughs> got his shirt off. <laughs> I thought it too, Wes. <laughs> he's not someone you'd fuck. <laughs> He's black, he's big, he's large. He, The way that I always envisioned him is, uh... What's the Bible story? Samson? Samson? Wait, what, in what context? Is he, like, strong like Samson? Or is it, like, is he a giant? Because you might mean, like, David and Goliath. No, there's a miniseries I watched called The Bible. They casted this man as Samson, so I always imagined... Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. I always imagined Jamo looking like that. Okay. But Jamo is right behind Howland while the slime girl and TGB dance in front of you. And you actually see Long Dick, who's just, like, clapping, too. He's like... <laughs> okay, Griffin walks over. So, uh, what seems to be the problem right here, fellas? Uh, what's going on? I believe <laughs> Mr. Jamo is invading my personal space! Six feet! If you would please... I would be happy to move if you were to give the one object the Osprey has come here for. I see. Everything else is yours. Helen, don't give it to him. Jamo slowly turns his head towards Baggio. <laughs> <laughs> I have been very kind to all of you, and I do not wish to dispatch you one by one. Then don't. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, then don't. <laughs> Jesus. Forehead, <you're>... dude. <laughs> you have helped us all. You have helped the Osprey. I would give this entire cavern to you. That key is the only thing the Osprey came here for. What's so special about this key? Howland is going to turn to Baggio and he's going to say, um, it has to do with Falcon Tomb. That's why. Oh, isn't that the human place? It used to be. Mm. Isn't that right, Jamo? Fal wait, Falcon Tomb's that prison, right? Yeah, Falcon Tomb, it's, it's that place in Virginia. Falcon Tomb, Virginia, USA. <laughs> Griffin, you in your solo a while ago. Yep. The the part of Falcon Tomb you went to was basically a POW camp where they had prisoners in. You didn't go into Falcon Tomb, you were on the outskirts of Falcon Tomb. Oh, was that not? Oh. You were in Falcon Tomb, but you weren't in like the actual city of it. It was taken over by the Genasi, by the Elemon clan. But Falcon Tomb is the capital of the humans in Aldrichadrid. Or was. They they were disbanded when the Genasi invaded Falcon Tomb, made prisoners of all the humans in there. Everybody else in Eldra Gadrid who was a human 
disbanded. They formed the Buzzards, formed the Osprey, Orioles, all these different bands of human bandits and criminals because they no longer had a form of government, because they no longer had a place to call their own. Was that ever found out what made that big saw-looking cut? Ah, I'm glad you remember, but you did not. It just looked like some type of monster. Get close to your mic, baby. True, true. Thank you. It was like some type of monster or something, or some type of saw, huge-ass saw. When you went to Falcon Tomb to let free the prisoners of Falcon Tomb, you remember that the humans of Falcon Tomb in that prison were not there, that they had already been let out. And in the cage and the ceiling, there was a hole perfectly cut. And that's what you remember. But Howland, when you say, isn't that right to JMO about Falcon Tomb? He says, yes, the Osprey, they're from Falcon Tomb. I know not much about Falcon Tomb. I only know that my friends, the Osprey, care deeply about this city. Deeply enough to risk everyone's lives for this single key. I do not know what it will get them. But if my friends deemed it worthy to go on this risky journey, then I deem it worthy to lay down my life for it. You have been very helpful, but I need that key. Grinning, and he's like, JMO, do you trust me? <laughs> I do not. Oh, really? It's curious, because... Alfred said that you were a fraud, and uh, he was very keen on killing you. You mean Donnie the Wiz? Yes. And he was very keen on killing you. Which I did play over a few times in my mind. I really thought about it. But you should know that I chose not to do that, clearly. As we are all still here. And I sided with you over Alfrod, or now Young Donnie, or Gelatin, I don't care. I trusted you, Jamo, and to be quite frank, I have done more for you than anyone, uh, any part of your crew here. I have quite literally given you the Skull White ship, I have given you the entire boon of this island, I have basically handed you everything that you have wanted on a silver fucking platter. Now I have this key, and I am willing to give it to you, but I am going to need you to trust me and answer a few questions, if you would be so kind. And if not, this whole situation can get a lot uglier. I wouldn't doubt that I would be killed, but you should know that I'm very spiteful, and if you do try to kill me, I will make sure that you never see this key again, even if I die, which is fine. Jamo looks to you, Griffin, Baggio, and Howland. All three of you are worthy adversaries. I do not wish to make enemies of you. I am not worried of making enemies of you but I do not wish to make enemies of you. You may wonder why I do not use weapons, and I've made this speech once before, but I would like to say it again. Stares off into the distance past you guys like he's... Reminiscing? Not reminiscing, more like he's just saying this out loud because he said it so many times before. And he says, I do not use weapons because it does too much damage. I use my hands because I do not get hurt here. I have not been hurt. Physically. I cannot be hurt. He's very stone-faced. And he says, 
I say this not as intimidation. I say it only for your benefit. I do not wish to hurt you. I will answer your questions. But if you want this to get physical, you will be hurt. And then he looks at all three of you in the eyes. Again, I do not wish to do that. But I am not worried to do that. If you think I would have to do something physical to hurt you, JMO, you greatly underestimate me. I know nothing physical would work on you. It's your pride and emotional pain that I can inflict. I'm not worried about doing any kind of physical damage to you. And again, I'm not really worried about dying. Been there, done that, very fun. I am asking you to simply indulge me. I would like to talk to you and the captain of your fine ship one more time. As I said, I am willing to give you this key, but I'm afraid if you can't trust me and hear me out, then, as I said before, you will never see this key again. And that's not a promise to get physical, that is a promise to die throwing this key into the fucking ocean. So unless you can swim to the bottom of the seven seas, I would really, really appreciate it if you could so humbly hear out a request of someone who has not only, again, chosen you, <laughs> put my faith in you, and done so much, but also as someone who has humbly been a part of your crew for these past few days. So please, why don't we go to your ship and have a nice little long talk about this key. We cut to the Osprey ship. We see many different rowboats coming to and from Skullcap Island with treasure and other objects inside the boats. We cut inside to the captain's chambers where Nikita Castor stands with Illabark on her shoulder and Jamo at her side. The key in your hands, Baggio and Griffin, on the other side of the table. We want the key. You know we want the key. Yes. We've made deals like this before, with all three of you. That's the only thing we want. Of course. I am not as pig-headed as Ulfrod, or as it has now been known, Young Donnie. <laughs> and I am very willing to make a deal... As you can clearly see, I myself am human as well. So, Falcon Tomb, possibly returning to power, would certainly not go against any of my interests. There's just something I would like from you in the future if I am to give you this key. So why don't we negotiate a contract one more time? Okay. All three of you, what do you want? Howland, I'm sure you want something. Griffin, do you want something besides the armor? Baggio, besides your fixed back? Do you want more gold? What do you guys want from the Osprey here? How much gold is left at this point? Oh, so much. <laughs> Have you guys ever found a magic lamp? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I want to find another genie so I can wish for Umiza back. 
No, we haven't found a lamp. Those things are quite rare. If you ever found one, you shouldn't throw it away. Oh my god. Alright, Nikita. What's your plans with this place? After it's all said and done. With Skullcap Island? Yes. I got no plans except to uh, bleed it dry of any of the gold inside. Right. How about you stop that right there? Wait, what? She raises an eyebrow and she says, You want all the, the gold? Not for us. Well, it's not for me either, so you understand my concern. Howland leans in real close and he's like, Griffin, think real hard about this one. Think it out. Don't get too crazy now. What does that even mean? In your mind, it Howland is like, maybe leave a little fucking gold for us. <laughs> no, okay. Because <laughs> I, I definitely want some gold too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can get like a finder's fee. That's a lot of fucking gold in there, dude. Uh, how about this, Howland? They're already rowing some gold back to the ship as we speak. They take that as their share. We go back in, we get more gold, because I know you and Baggio have lost some during the fight. But we also just set up one of these gate seeds linked to the castle. And you want to give this gold to the motherfucking Coral Castle? Not all of it. I mean, they have given us everything. Howland looks at you like he's going to have an aneurysm, and he's like, Fine. Fine. As long as I get the gold that I need, we can do with the rest of it as you please. I'm going to mail some of mine back to Jacoby. I was thinking the same thing, yeah. I'm going to throw mine in the water and make a wish. No, I just need to help fund the youth outreach program I started out there. <laughs> And Balan Mania. Yeah, what's the point of a program if there's no fucking use? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> y you may continue, Griffin. Makita? Her eyebrows still cocked, her lips pressed. Is she hot? She's got long red hair, she's got an eye patch with a gold rose on it. Oh, say no more. I know what Baggio wants. I know what Baggio wants. <laughs> You've already got some gold on your ship as we speak. That's correct. You halt that. You take what you got on the ship, and you leave Skullcap Island and the rest of its treasures with us. Roll a persuasion with advantage. Sixteen. She says... Fine. Fine. Well, that was easy. That is a lot of fucking gold. But it seems you'd be willing for whatever this key's worth. You... Yeah, yeah. Next, what else? Baggio, you go. I want to see what's under your eye patch. <laughs> is really? <laughs> Howland is going to grab him. Howland is going to grab him by the shell and go, Baggio. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Baggio, honey, baby, look at me. Yeah. Baggio, look at me. Look at me. I love this. You need to think real hard about this. What should I ask for? You. You can have almost anything you want from these people, Baggio. Gold, money, you could have them make you a new shell out of gold right now. That's, that's, that's a little too gaudy for me. I just imagine Baggio's like, all right, fine then. Give me your iPad. <laughs> ooh! Ooh! Ooh, it's got a rose on it! Oh! 
what if they what if they reinforce the fuck out of your shell with more gold? No, because Bagio's not gaudy like that. Yeah, gold means nothing compared to this guy's curiosity. It's true. Oh, it's, I'm, I'm going to be in character here. I'm going to be in character here. <laughs> All right. You make me want to throw <laughs> up, but continue. Bagio's like, you know, since we're asking for stuff. <laughs> And Bagio's trying to look sinister like Howland and Griffin have been looking like that serious face that he's making. And he's doing a really bad job of trying to look that way too and he looks at her, puts his hands on the desk like... Like he puts his hands on the desk and leans forward and he goes, I want your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> she... She's <laughs> posted the picture of Godfather Baggio. Right yeah, now. literally. <laughs> so good. I I may have posted a gif of Marlon Brando from The Godfather because this is Baggio in my mind currently. Baggio, you make an office with my friends. I would like to see your eye patch, and I'd like you to give it to me now. Or else I'm afraid I can't do you any more kindness. You be sleeping with the fishes. You know what? I want you to have Jimmy's watch. <laughs> <laughs> You see her take off her captain's hat, and she puts it on the ground, and you actually see Illibar go, Yeah, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, that's your eye patch. It's okay, it's just an eye patch. It's his now. <laughs> she undoes the eye patch, and she pulls it out, and you see a scar over her eye. Is there an eyeball? No, she opens her eye, and inside is just... Hollow? Yep. Bagio is so satisfied right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to shoot... Bakio is the most curious person ever. Griffin is limp right now. Howland is leaning up against the window, rubbing his temples, like, really hard, just, like, trying not to have a fucking aneurysm, and you can see Shadow kind of, like, rubbing his shoulders, like, okay, come on. Shadow's like, it's okay, man, calm down, it ain't that bad. <laughs> you see Illibark standing by the window, too, and he's got his arms crossed, and he's like, he's on me, yeah, and then <laughs> Nikita pulls back the string on the eye patch, points it towards you, Bagio, lets it go as it flies in your direction. Bagio grabs the eye patch and he looks at it. It's like a black eye patch with a gold rose embroidered on it. Yep. Bagio puts it on. Nice. Ashkay <laughs> <laughs> okay, Griffin grabs it. Hey! And then he gets behind Bagio. Oh, yeah. And starts choking him with it. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and Howland goes up behind Griffin, and Howland is helping. He's like, "Put your back into it, Griffin." <laughs> no, he and he's like, "Jmo, get back here." Griffin puts it over Baggio's head, puts it over his eye, and then ties it in the back. It's real, real tight. It's over his right eye because that's in real life. That's my bad eye. Ah, oh, that's good. <laughs> I also forgot, Griffin, you have Thug Rock's hat on still. I do, yep. No, we just need something piratey for Howland to wear. Absolutely not. Give me the cat. <laughs> Give, me the cat. <laughs> Give me your fucking cat. Nikita, you wouldn't do this, no. <laughs> Give me the cat. I'm gonna fuck it. Give us your parrot. What, she has a parrot on her shoulder, right? No, it's the cat. Ella barks her parrot, quote unquote. It's DJ's cat thing. Yeah, that's Illibark Sly. Runs around the outside. Around the outside. Nikita turns to you, Howland, and she says, Alright, let's hear it. Baggio goes, Howland already took the eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> Howland just looks at you and he's like, Yeah, 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 I, I see that. Great. Good, good for you. 
All I want is for when I give you this key, you give it back. That's all I want. <laughs> Howland's like, when I give you this key, you reach around this desk and you suck my cock. Oh, no. <laughs> no, um, Howland still has his arms crossed and he's leaning up against the window and Howland goes, For starters, I lost a bit of gold when we were fighting the slimes to protect your treasure. And I did lose a bit of gold, and unfortunately that's, um, knocked me down a bit, so... At this point, it's not even out of your share, it's out of ours, so... It's not really a demand, even, but... I'm going to be taking 6,200 gold for myself. That'll bring me back up to an even 10,000, I think that's pretty fair. But... the main thing that I want, Miss Caster... It's actually very simple, and it won't cost you much currently. Obviously, the Genasi have been a bit of a problem, as I'm sure I don't need to tell you. Oddly enough, hard though it may be to believe, restoring Falcon Tomb to power is actually in my best interest as well. So I'm very, very willing to give you this key, but what I want, what I want is your word. In all honesty, I actually meant to ask you about this earlier, but I, I didn't really get a chance. But we're making up for that now, fortunately. War is already here. I believe most people could say that, but I think both of us know. War is coming, and compared to what's going on now, what's coming is going to make this look like a rainstorm compared to a typhoon. I think we all know that. What I want, Miss Caster, is your word. I've got big plans for the future, and in the future I'm going to need some powerful allies on my side. What I want, at some point, somewhere down the line, probably years from now, I would imagine, if I give you this key, at some point, I am going to come back to you and JMO, and whoever happens to be in power, if you should get Falcon Tomb restored back to any semblance of its former glory, and I will need your help. If you can give me that, if you can be my ally when I need you, and if you can give me your word to stand behind me and my congregation in the future, I will give you this key right now. She looks at all three of you cracks her knuckles and she says alright so to trim all the fat off of that you need my help in the future yes she pulls out her dagger it spins in the air as she grabs it one of her hands begins to glow rose gold as she walks around the table standing behind all three of you she places her hand in front of you and she says let me see all of your hands Margo shows his hand. Howland squints his eyes and he reluctantly reaches his hand out. Griffin reaches out. She takes the dagger to her palm. Oh. Takes the dagger to your palm, Baggio. Oh. Yeah. Takes the dagger to your palm, Griffin. And then takes the dagger to your palm, Howland. It hurts so good. She puts it in the middle and she says, If we have a deal, let's shake on it. 
To be honest, I, I felt the blood was more than sufficient, but yeah. <laughs> hey, it's just to show you a commitment, right? <laughs> Ugh. Howland rolls his eyes and spits in his hand reluctantly. Bug, yeah? <laughs> Howland is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the same face that's on Howland's face is on Nikita's face. Howland is just like, oh, good lord, man. And she's like, well, that wasn't attractive. And you see Illabark in the corner, like, he crosses his arms even more. He's like, <laughs> 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 and she puts her hand together with all of your hands. As you all touch each other's hands, oh, gross. they begin to glow rose gold as well. In her hollow eye socket, it begins to glow rose gold inside as she says, As Jemo is my witness, the Osprey will be on your side. The glow fades. And then she looks at you three with the dagger still in her hand, pointing up where she's unsure of where she wants to put this dagger. And she points at all three of you very threateningly, and she says, Now, do we have a deal? Of course we do. <laughs> Good. Griffin. Yes. You fly back to the island. Mm-hmm. Where do you plant the gate seed? In the fortress, like outside the door. Okay, so right by the entrance. Sure. How long does this take? It depends on how much magic is around. If you put it, like, literally in where the gold and all the other magical items, it would be almost instantaneous. No. But out here, you can put it maybe an hour, if you want. Are you going to wait that out, or are you just going to drop it and leave? All right, Helen. From what I remember, this should take some time to open up. Howland is going to grab more gold, and I want to use my magic to look around in the gold pile one more time. Okay, uh... Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Rolling up and down D20 real quick. Baguio, you as well. One. You get 100 gold. Woo. Uh, you get 1,400 gold, Baguio. <sighs> so I didn't find an item. Yeah, fine, you can have 1,800 more gold. Griffin. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. thought. You really thought. Yeah, I thought you were real smart. Yeah. Uh, Taking my gold, see? I'm going to take the gold from you guys. No! What you don't know is uh, Danny always gets his gold back. Yeah. <laughs> why? why? Why do you want to take it from us? How much gold do you have right now? Uh, 2,700. That's why. That's not a Okay, lot. listen. They might not need that much, but I need that much for the future, and you know that, so you fuck off. You <laughs> stop being a dick. You understand. I got plans. You've I need this. You've always got plans. You're a little schemer. Yes! <laughs> I don't care about the gold. When has Howland treated himself? When have I been to a tavern and... <laughs> Garmon, give me the finest caviar you have, please. Separate me from the levels. It's like, Wait, did no. you have the interceptor I'm out here in the mud and the <laughs> yeah. dirt. Beating my dick off out here. I'm getting yacked at by slimes. I'm getting fucking put in a corner by a huge dude behind me who's got a sword to my back and he doesn't use weapons. It's like, I'm out here working for this money and you're like, uh, No, you guys can't have it even though you earned it fair and square. <laughs> Shut up. 
<laughs> Fuck you, you're a dick. You're a piece of shit. And you know what, at this point, if you just try to take the gold, I'm gonna metagame, and I don't care, I'm keeping it. Fuck you. You can just say, oh yeah, you lose all the- No, I don't care. I'm going to change my character sheet, and I'm gonna put 10,000 gold. That's it. I've got the gold, quit trying to take it. I earned this gold. Fuck you. Take it from the Genasi, I don't give a shit. You leave me alone, quit trying to tax me, alright? Quit trying to build your roads. It's never gonna get done. Leave me alone. Oh my god. Here comes my next eat the rich monster. Griffin, do you do the thing that you want to do? Yeah, as I'm walking back out. You are walking, and on the beach, you spot another wild magic trap. Hell yeah. And the way you spot it is that you are about to step on it, and you pull up your leg, and you see it right under you. Well, that could have been bad. Um, You know what? This might come in handy later on. Roll a sleight of hand. Nat 20. Plus 6, 26. 26. I grabbed two of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you dig it up in the dirt, um, and you pull it out. What's it called? Magic trap? It's a wild magic trap. You now have that for a possible future outcome. Sick. Back on the ship, Baggio, you are in the lower decks with TGB and Long Dick. Is TGB back in his little cage? Did you put him back in the cage? Well, yeah. <laughs> He's a criminal, David. <laughs> I mean, we can still hang out and talk, and he can socialize with us, but I want him in the cage. Yeah, yeah. Long Dick is pouring some tea for himself and you, and he, he gives it to TGB, and he says, Ah, uh, thank you! What are we gonna do about her? And you see Gillatin, who just walks in and out of the cage. Oh, because with... she's slime. <laughs> yeah, the bar is going between. She's like, oh my god, I can actually feel it. This is so wild. All right, TGB, you're in charge of Gillatin. I don't know if I want to hang with a dummy like her. I know, I know, but consider it part of your redemption arc. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually pretty pissed I was supposed to get a fucking ship out of this. God is my witness, I fucking will. Listen here, buddy. How much does it cost to make ships? Probably a lot. Well, how much? Let me see, part of my dibs are... <laughs> Probably 2,700 gold. As I look at the character sheet of box. <laughs> <laughs> a good ship is probably like uh, 5,000. Well, how about a bad ship? <laughs> <laughs> That's so tough. Uh, a real bad ship is like 1,500. 50? 15. 15. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, here, here's 700 gold. <laughs> What? Are you actually giving him 700? Here's 700 gold. You go buy yourself a mediocre ship. Oh, man. <laughs> he looks at it in his hands with, like, just, like, oh, thank, thank you, Bobby. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome, buddy. And I'll pat him on the back. This ain't the king's pleasure, but it'll do. It'll do. There you go. Now you go be a big sailing pirate man. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be so fun. We cut to Howland, who's going through the hordes of gold inside. Face the galloping hordes. <laughs> can you roll a D100 for me? Yeah, sure can. 
Sure can there's ten four, bud. Yeah, twelve. Twelve out of a D okay. Twelve out of a hundred? You find twelve gold coins. <laughs> you found twelve Reese's peanut butter cups. No wait a minute, everybody just calm down. Give me those peanut butter cups. <laughs> <laughs> JMO's behind me again, he's like, I'm gonna need that peanut butter. Uh, let me see. Wait, I'm sorry, are they um are they dairy free? I'm a vegan. I gotta pull up my actual fucking your list. Yeah, I had about three lists that were going on depending one was cursed items. Oh. One was minor items and one was rare items and based off of his arcana check here, I gotta look at this. Hold on. You could just give me a magic item that you think I would like. Listen, just give him the death staff that lets him cast finger of death as a free action. Absolutely not. As you're heading through the Horde of Gold, you come across a small pile of gold. It looks like there's something inside of it. You see it, and you stick your hand in there, and you pull out... Gun compartment. <laughs> a gun compartment. <laughs> you pull out what looks like a cloak. Ooh. It's black, long. Do you put it on? You put it in? Yeah, I sure do. To both of those. <laughs> this is the cloak of death. You die. Oh. No. Uh, <laughs> Alright, interesting. See you later. It's been good. This garment gives you an undead appearance. A skeletal face crusted with desiccated skin. Black holes for eyes. And you get advantage on attacks from undead. Great for looking like a lich without actually being one. I see. That's an interesting bit of flavor. You do get advantage on attacks from the undead. Griffin, you're standing on the beach with the gate seed planted behind you in front of the fortress. When you finally recognize the sound of a portal opening, it opens in front of the tunnel there. Does anyone come through? People can come through, but... Do they not get alerted to new portals? One person does, but they can't really go through portals. Who? Magwell, she's the portal master. She can't go through? No, she's a ghost. Ghosts can't pass through portals. Well, Griffin steps through the portal then. You step back through the portal. You remember exactly where you guys came back from. This is the Coral Castle, and it looks familiar. It looks homely. As soon as you step in, you see Magwell. And she's like, <gasps> Griffin! Dairy, dairy, Griffin! How are you? How you doing? Oh, lovely hat. That's a lovely hat you have. <laughs> hey, Magwell, how, how you been? Looking looking ghostly as ever? Oh, you know me? I, uh, I got a surprise for you. She has a questioning face when you say that. I've got, like, a surprise for you. We just got done with this little, uh, adventure, to say the least. Just looking back on it, everything that you've done for us, for me, Baggio, maybe even Howlin', even if you don't admit it, just wanted to say thank you. And for that, I'd like to repay the Coral Castle. Oh, dearie. You're gonna make me cry. But I can't, because I'm dead. <sighs> You're gonna make me piss and come. <laughs> what do you... What do you... Basically, on the other side of that portal... Yes? There's gonna be a vault of your wildest dreams. So many treasure. Oh, tre oh treasure. Oh, 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 you said wildest dreams. I was like, oh. <laughs> Gold, Macwell. Riches. Ah, 
How much gold? Like a thousand gold? Uh, I, I don't know is the thing. There is way more than a thousand. Uh, where's Holland right now? <laughs> You're at the fortress. You are in the horde. No, oh, I'm still uh, in the gold looking around. Are you? No. I'm imagining that Howland is, like, walking around. Do I see this portal? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, Howland is gonna break it and turn it off. I don't actually I was... <laughs> In my head, I was like, take it back. Uh, Griffin's trapped. I'm trapped at the castle. Howland is going to poke his head through the portal and go like, Griffin, what, what the fuck are you doing? What do you mean? I'm talking to Magwell. Well, hurry up, baby. Hey, you howling? Oh, my God. Hurry up. Because we got some gold to go through. Yeah. How much gold is that, howling? <laughs> uh, hundreds of thousands. What? E yeah. Your mouth like just drops. Just, you know, a little something to repay the core castle. You ever seen that Scrooge McDuck thing, Magwell, the gift? <laughs> you know, nine gag? I've seen the play, yeah. You fat bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe something that you, you know, just renovate, renovate the place. <laughs> That's. Oh, anyway. Anyway. We just. We, uh. I, yeah, yeah I, I, I gotta get back to it, but. Anyway, uh, we gotta go. It's been fun. We'll be back later, Magwell. <laughs> I'll explain more later. Maybe I'll maybe I'll keep a little bit of a secret. Uh, I don't tell everybody that there's hundreds of thousands of gold. Leah Magwell. Let us announce it. We cut to the captain's room aboard the Osprey. Nikita Castor sits in her comfy chair, petting Illabark's head as she stares out the window at Skullcap Island. Illibark twiddles with some cloth in his hand, trying to fix together a new eye patch for Nikita, but he keeps getting flustered and messing up. Jamo stands in the same spot he stood when the last negotiations took place. He looks stone-faced away from Nikita. You're how old and you still pout like a child? Illibark presents what he was making to Nikita. It was a mess of strings and cloth, pulled together in emotion rather than patience. It's getting better, Illy. Illibark grins and keeps pulling strings together. We could have just killed them. Illibark falters with the new eye patch, but continues more slowly this time. Nikita still stares out at the island without a response to Jamo. We lost lives. Many Osprey are dead. We lost 99% of the gold. And your eye patch! When we could have easily killed them and taken the gold for an army of a million soldiers. But instead, you accepted their demands, let alone listened to what they had to say. You gave them your eye patch. I made you that eye patch. Nikita stiffens. Now, Nikita looks to Jamo and Illibark. They both stare in silence. Jamo in respect, Illibark in worry. The captain's time to talk now, right? No one speaks. They wait for her to continue. You're right, Jamo. We could have killed them. I could have easily hung them by the necks on the masts, and we could have sailed away with all the gold and treasure and blah, 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 blah. That's one of the outcomes. 
Nikita stands up, causing Illibar to jump off and onto the wooden beams on the ceiling. Another option is that they turned our ship against us with its new pretty white bone armor. Illibark stiffens and Jamo's eyes widen. You didn't see what I saw, Jamo. Thugrock ship swallowed him whole because of what those three did. And if you wanted to be smart, you'd ask why didn't they just keep the ship for themselves? Nikita looks at Jamo and takes a step forward. Why do you think that is? It was a failsafe. Correct. This armor is powerful, and our ship will not be matched by anyone. Except by the person who put it on. Those three are more clever than I thought. Illibark throws the cloth he was working onto the ground in a huff. It doesn't matter, Kida. Your crew would have backed you up. JMO can't be touched, and uh, uh, I would have sliced him in two. For fuck's sake, Kida, they took your eye patch. Illibark huffs upset. Nikita stares down at the tabaxi. Her eyes soften, and she gives a tender smile to Illibark that makes his face go beet red. What's the matter, Illy? Don't like seeing my whole face? Illibark's face drops offended. I love your face, Keita. Then why should I hide it? Illibark looks away. He wants to talk, but he knows if he does, at that moment, that his voice would give him away. He knows the second he speaks, his voice will crack in two. And Nikita would know the true reason he hates seeing her bare socket. I love seeing it. It reminds me of you. Illibark snaps back at Nikita. How dare you, Kita! You know I tried my best to save you. Aiden and everyone. I fought an owl wraith to save you. Nikita rests her hand on Illibark's cheek, stopping his rambling. Do you know why I like it? Illibark doesn't speak. He just looks into her eyes. Because without you, it could have been so much worse. Illibark blinks back some tears. It could have been two eyes, my hand, God's sake, even my tongue. Then who would give you all those cat baths you like? Illibark's already red face gets even hotter. You saved my life, Illibark. And that's worth remembering. Illibark's eyes fall to the ground, and he turns to the door. I... I gotta go help the crew sort out the treasure. Illibark starts walking away, before turning back, running towards Nikita and planting a kiss on her lips, and then flees the room as swiftly as he can, holding back his emotions from Jamo and Nikita. You always had him, Smitten. Now I can see why. He saved you too, Jamo. If he didn't pull me from that underground political prison in Autumn's Rise, then your ass would have been stuck captaining the Osprey. <laughs> Wouldn't have been the worst thing. Maybe Phil would still be alive. Phil was always a prick, and people are glad he's dead. <laughs> Jamo laughs out loud. But you know why you'd hate being captain? You couldn't find a way back home if you were a captain. Jamo's laugh subsides. <laughs> it's been far too long for that to still matter. At this point, the Osprey is my home. Nikita walks to her table in the center of the room, rubbing her neck. Jamo takes notice to the way she was acting, especially when he said that. 
Then I don't suppose you'll like my plan to deal with those three properly. What do you mean? Nikita places her palm upright on the table, showing Jamo. <sighs> I made a blood pact, Jamo. I was pretty sure that was going to be the only way to convince them that I was serious, so that they'd give up a key. You can't go back on it, otherwise you'll be sent to the deep end. Nikita points her bloody hand towards Jamo. Exactly. As Jamo, as my witness, blah 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 blah. I called you as my witness. The reminder startles Jamo. Yes, yes, you did. I suppose I won't be able to back out. No, 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 you misinterpret this. Contracts, marriage, blood packs. They all need a witness. But with blood packs, the witness has to be alive. Jamo doesn't flinch. Didn't think that'd get a reaction out of you. Point is, no witness, no pact. Jamo mulls this over in his brain. What was Nikita on about? How do you wish to get rid of me, then? Nikita breaks eye contact and turns to the island again. <sighs> We're gonna send you home, Jamo. That statement makes Jamo's eyes go wide. How do you figure we do that? Especially after all these years being stumped. Nikita turns back to Jamo. I don't know. But I'll be damned if those buffoons put a leash on me or anyone else on the Osprey. Jamo watches Nikita's demeanor. This was the captain he knew, not the one who gave in to the demands of three adventurers. Well, they did say it could be years. So I guess this isn't goodbye quite yet. Nikita's back straightens as she stands tall. They're going back to the pass. Even better, they'll perish. Nikita shakes her head in a chuckle and walks over to Jamo. Look, look at this map. She motions to the table, which shows a map of Eldrigadrid. It looks old and has many different markings and writings all over it, in different handwriting and style. She takes her finger and points at Windswept. We're dropping them back here. Nikita traces her finger up to the pass. They will head west, and if they survive... Nikita stops her finger on a section of the pass where someone had drawn a crude doodle of teeth over it. They'll end up here, at Margot's Maw. If they survive... <laughs> Jamo chuckles, <laughs> clearly not really sure where Nikita was going with this. The captain lifts her hat to rub her face. You still don't get it, do you? Jamo rolls his eyes, getting more annoyed. Kita, you have to be very clear with me what you're getting at, because as far as I'm concerned, you've tossed my name into a cauldron of cement, and now you're talking about sending me away, away from the home and family I've made here. Caster jumps under the table, now able to stare down at Jamo. But only just. Okay, let me spit it out in a way that maybe you and everyone around me can understand. Nikita stomps her foot on the pass. We never figured out why they're even on the pass, Jamo. Why are they going back? Not only is it filled with untold horrors, but it's also one of the battlefields at a standstill between the Elamoons and the Tulu Coalition. If they're going back, they must have a pretty decent confidence in themselves to be able to survive. And if we're going to find a way to beat them, we're going to need someone who's just as confident in themselves to follow them. <sighs> Nikita breathes in and out slowly, catching her breath, as it seems Jamo has lost his in realization. You are sending me with them? Nikita keeps eye contact before jumping off the table and onto the floor. Of course not. 
You're gonna follow them. She turns back to the map and points her finger at Margot's maw. And we're gonna follow you until we reach this destination. From there, we'll meet back up to discuss. She turns back to Jamo. Even if they don't survive, you certainly will. Jamo stares directly at the floor. All this for Thug Rock's horde. Nikita smiles half-heartedly. She rests her hand on Jamo's back. Now, Jamo, there's not an amount of gold or magic I'd ever trade you for. You're just the only one I can trust to get the job done. Jamo doesn't break from the floorboards. This will be the first time in nearly 20 years. Jamo looks back at Nikita, his eyes glistening. That I'll be away from the Osprey. Nikita stares back into his big brown eyes. The same eyes she spotted decades ago, hiding in the moonlight of an abandoned cabin. She was nearly the same age back then when they met, and back then Jamo was petrified. All he needed was a friend. Now, 20 years on, Jamo is still that scared kid, still without a scratch on him. Just a scared kid who needs a friend. Now that's the thing, Jamo. Something he never understood. Nikita turns away, grabbing her sword out. You'll never be away from the Osprey. Nikita slices a long and full thread of her hair. Jamo gasps with his mouth hanging open. Nikita begins twisting the hair in her hands. No matter what we've thrown at you, Jamo, you've taken it. And you've turned it into something useful. She reaches for a silver button on her jacket and tears it from its place. It depicted the symbol of the Osprey on it. And not only that, you have been the one good soul in my life who never asked for anything in return. She ties the button into the red hair. Which does in fact make you a lousy pirate, Jamo. Nikita's hand starts to glow around the material. It begins to float over to Jamo, who stood stunned as it wraps itself around his wrist. But in my book, it makes you a great friend. My, my best friend. Jamo looks down at his new bracelet and then back at Nikita. You'll never be apart from the Osprey, because the Osprey will never leave you. Nikita places her glowing hand on Jamo's chest. Jamo gritted his teeth, not trying to make a scene. He stares into Nikita's red eye one half of the eyes he saw decades ago. The pair of eyes who spied him held up in that cabin he found. Even now, Jamo stared deep into her eye and still saw that same kid who lusted for a home and never realized she made one for everyone around her. Still gritting his teeth, he nods. Nikita pulled her hand away and slapped his bicep with a big toothy smile. Your sister would be proud of you. At that, Jamo turns from Nikita, staring out the window. Jamo, I've known you since you were a kid. You can cry. Illabok does it all the time. When do I leave? Nikita chuckles sadly. <laughs> hmm. When we arrive at Windswept, wait till nightfall and take off after them. What if I, what if I don't return? Nikita stares at the shaking shoulders of Jamo's back, knowing full well what Jamo was asking. If you find your way home, Jamo doesn't speak. 
but his silence is all Nikita needs as an answer. Hopefully, you'll find an answer and return to us so we can throw you a big going-away party. The camera sees Jamo's tear-stained cheeks, and Nikita in the background getting closer to Jamo as she speaks. If not, we will be sad, but we will also be happy that our friend found his home. Nikita grabs a hold of Jamo's limp wrist and turns him towards her. Jamo's jaw was clenched as the tears struggled to roll out of his eyes. I would never trade you for a hoard of treasure. It's just a bonus. Jamo takes a shaky breath before relaxing his shoulders. I can do this. For the Osprey. Jamo puts his hand behind his back and pushes his chest out to Nikita. The Falcon Tomb salute. <laughs> Nikita laughs sadly and signals for him to relax. Jamo does. Nikita stands next to Jamo and stares out the window with him. You won't do it for the Osprey. You'll do it for your family. We see Jamo as he smiles. Besides, my husband made me that eye patch. We see a cliffside overlooking the sparkling water of Blue Bay. Miles out, barely a speck on the horizon, is the Osprey ship. And even further out than that is Skullcap Island. The long grass hugs the very edge of the cliff as the wind blows it all around, causing the camera to twist as we see the sun. It's beginning to set in the distance, its yellow color slowly becoming a deep orange reflecting on the waters far below Margot's Pass. We stay on the sun as it begins to set, as time picks up speed. But in the distance, we see an object appear into view. We can't see it fully. We certainly can't hear it. We're simply forced to wait and watch as it grows bigger and bigger. The first thing we take notice of is the sound of the creature's wings. They flap at a rapid speed, as if the creature was in a blind panic. The next thing we notice is the shape of the creature. One of its arms was missing, as well as one of its eyes. But the arm curved out like a sling blade, and had jagged knives going along the inside of it. Its one big eye protruded out with a bright orange shine in it. The light green pigmentation of its body armor looked beaten and tired, but the strength of the creature seemed to be in its size. Because as it got closer and closer, absolutely gigantic. We finally see the wounded praying mantis in its full form as it drops out of the air the second it got close to the cliff, digging its sharp legs into the dirt and pulling itself up. The mantis turns back towards the island and the pirates as it roars out towards the human that forced it to leave. The mantis begins to change, from its stature to the voice to every bit of the monster's body. 
Its color goes from a bright green to a much paler white, as its one limb turns back to the arm of an ogre. We hear the ogre screaming out still. I hope you all rot in the deep end. The ogre lands on its knees, grabbing at its missing arm and eye. They really did a number on me. The ogre hears a branch snap behind him, and he turns as fast as he can. Who's that? Oh, blimey. What the fuck is wrong with your skin? <coughs> no. John throws his arm into the ogre's mouth. The ogre chokes back, trying to grab at John to push him off. But the second he touched John, his fingers began to rot. The sight caused the ogre to scream with John's arm stretching down his throat. The pain will only last as long as you let it. Into the disease. John's fingers could feel the inside of the ogre's stomach as steam began to escape the ogre's orifice. The white skin began to turn a different color, like bread that's been out much too long. No. No. All I need is you to remember what it was like to be that big and powerful. Don't fight. Just think. The ogre's eyes rolled into the back of his head. He choked some more, hoping to pass out from lack of oxygen. But deep in the ogre's mind, a memory sparked to life. Images of Jamo began to flick through the ogre's brain, making the ogre relive Jamo's threats. I will not show you mercy. <laughs> John stared into the one eye of the ogre as it and every other orifice began to glow radiation green. John smirked. No, don't think. Just fight. The ogre's skin changed again as it began to transform back into the mantis. But this time, as it grew in strength and height, so did the creature's new arm and eye. But they were different. Bigger than their real eye and arm. And these were sickly. Cracking with every turn and poisonous to the touch. The undead mantis roars out again. Silence. The mantis stops. Good boy. Now go stand with the others. The mantis turns behind John to see a crowd of creatures, all glowing radiation green. The mantis walks over to the crowd stepping on a halfling and a genasi, stomping them into the dirt before it settles in amongst the ranks. Among the crowd, we see a spectral figure, glowing radiation green. Her ghostly hand rests on her face, 
shielding herself from another sight of John, growing his followers. Umoisa, show me where I can find another powerful ally. Umiza raises her hand to the sky, still shielding herself with the other hand. A radiation green vision of Margot's pass appears. If we keep heading in this direction, we will. We. Umiza trails off as her body tenses. She felt something. She sensed a very powerful force. Usually it wouldn't mean much since the pass is filled with a lot of power itself. But this was different. It wasn't just an individual, she sensed. It was so many different energies radiating further into the pass. The aura was massive and beautiful. Umaiza. Yes, 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 yes. If we keep heading in this direction... Umaiza looks into the radiation green vision she made and saw the vision was beginning to show images of a land covered by white mist. But through the mist, just for a second, the fog subsided, and Umaiza saw a sign that read, Gremlin's Rock. Umiza shuts the vision down. John's green eyes blur as he glares at Umiza. I don't see a clear energy sign for miles. The pass is massive and expansive. Perhaps if we took our army here and headed north to the other side of the coast of the pass, we can find more powerful folk. Huzzah! Umiza points out past the crowd behind her, showing John her back. There's a growing silence between John and Umiza that only grows more terrifying the longer Umiza keeps her pointer finger out. I hate liars. Umiza turns around quickly. I'm not lying. Why would I lie to my master? Perhaps because you still serve another master. John begins to walk towards Umiza. Please don't. John continues getting closer. Every step he takes kills the plants below him. You don't get to beg for anything. You do what I want at any moment I require it. And if you move, it will be so much worse than you think. Umiza's body shakes as she fights against her instincts not to move. John stands below Umiza, looking up at her. She refuses to look him in the eye. I hate liars. John, I'm not lying to you. I I just wanted to give you a taste of what happened. If someone does lie to me. <sighs> John sticks his diseased arm into Umiza's spectral form, and immediately it begins to buzz in static. Everyone's hair begins to stand on end as the fallout from Umiza begins to fall all around. 
Umisa grabs at her head, screaming. John grips Umisa's aura with his fist. Just a taste, Umisa. Umisa's brain is flooded with a memory. You are a friend of mine, and you'll always be a friend of mine. Feel free to visit me anytime you want. You're not my friend. Highland is. Also, I hate you. Umiza screams again and falls to her knees. John pulls his hand out of Umiza. I truly hate liars. Umiza grabs at the ground as spectral tears begin to fall to the ground. <sighs> taste before we get going. Umiza puts out her arm to stop him. No. Please, no. I'll tell you where more power is. <sighs> That's quite fine, Umiza. I already know. We're headed to Gremlin's Rock. John grabs Umiza by the neck. <laughs> This is the episode where you find out that Off-Rod was Donnie the Wiz. Uh, that Off-Rod was a fraud. That was a good play on a name, but uh, Donnie the Wiz. That was a great episode. Off-Rod was such a good bad guy. The second that I dropped Off-Rod as an NPC into the world, I was like, these guys are going to get it in an instant. Off-Rod? What fucking name is that? When have I ever named a character that type of weird shit? I mean, Off-Rod sounds like a name. Like, it just, it works. I will actively talk about Grispancho. How about uh, the goodest boy? Or or Smithspa. 
you know, this isn't goodbye. It's more of a see you later. How long is it going to be this time? Well, love your acting. <laughs> <In> eight- <laughs> Puzzle Valley is going to be what we release in the meantime. It's 18 episodes. Y'all aren't in it. It's actually Dwight, Ariana, Nate, Marlena. But it's pretty okay. That's not... It's definitely the uh, the B side of the tape, if you know what I'm saying. No, that's... I... It's... <laughs> hey, hey, hey. They did the best they could. You know what? No, you know what? On. You're right. You're right. Bruh. I thought we were working together. We're trying to hype other stuff up. Well, we're hyping ourselves up. <laughs> For the break. <laughs> no, Puzzle Valley was really great. It's, it's a lot more grounded than Eldritch Journeys. It's a high school teen detective story. It's a murder mystery. It's one of my favorite things to do. These fools did a murder mystery for one episode and hated my guts, so... That is true. I prefer high fantasy. Puzzle Valley is 18 episodes long, and we're going to be releasing it every two weeks. But the next time they see an actual Eldritch Journeys episode on their feed is going to be... Well, Eldritch Journeys with you guys on their feed is going to be in February of 2023. That's a a big break. It's going to be a minute, but we are going to be recording in the meantime, so you guys aren't going to get much of a break. <laughs> oh, well, you already true. got like eight months, so yeah. I hope if you listen to this episode that you have realized how much actual effort I put into this, because when some people see a D&D podcast that's two and a half hours long on uh, a podcast feed, they're like, oh my god. They probably didn't edit it at all. They did their 10-hour D&D session, and then they just put hour-long episodes or just half of it. No. I edited this thing down to perfection. I wrote out my own scenes. I've added that. I made music. Like, I work so much on each episode individually. Well, that's really good that you do so much work on it. <laughs> I wish there was some way we could like people could like support that. Weston just put his head on the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) There is a place that you could get a little bit more information. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Eldrick Journeys. We originally had all the Puzzle Valley episodes up there. Patreon.com slash Eldrick Journeys does have the first 14 episodes of Puzzle Valley. And I'll probably put on the last four as I'm done editing them. So if you wanted to and you wanted to get caught up on the series immediately, you can just jump on the Patreon and listen to all of the episodes. But where could people like find out the goings on behind the scenes of like Eldrick Journeys and stuff? Like where would they I I I think you actively know what <laughs> what Say your line Uh yeah, I have, we do have an official Twitter, twitter.com slash Eldrick Journeys. That's where we're gonna post any promos, we're gonna post any pictures or commissions that we get, we're gonna post any clips or snippets from past episodes. My Twitch is just Westdog. W E S D O G. Alright, uh you can follow me on Twitch. It's uh twitch.tv forward slash Brad of Earth. And if you want to get in touch, you can also email Eldrickjourneys at gmail.com. Or you can just tweet at us, DM us. We will be available if you have any questions, concerns, anything like that. Please say we're cool. Here's the thing. You could donate to the Patreon. We'll have some more stuff come up eventually, and we'll continue on and make more content to put on the Patreon. But I would hope that the reason that you donate or join the Patreon is because you like what we're doing already, and that's just a little tip for us to keep up the good work. But if you can't, That's fine, too. You listening by itself is amazing. It really helps us out. 
if there is something you want to do that you can't do because financial stuff, but you would like to help out the show, just tell a friend. Tweet about us. Tell people about the show. It really, really does help. Are you asking these people to do crime? No, no, he's not asking. He would never tell our fans to, like, go out into the streets and just promote us as a big mass. Like, he would never say do that. Crime's not real. Also, if you make an iTunes review about the show, that really does help us. Because the more reviews we get on iTunes or other podcatchers, our show goes up and people will see it actively. Wow, that's very cool. So this is going to be us signing off for the next 18 episodes of Puzzle Valley, which, again, is really great. I hope you like it. I put my heart and soul into Puzzle Valley. It's, it's my baby. So I, I do really hope you guys like it. I hope you've liked the show as it is right now, and we'll see you in when we see you. And uh, I wanted to say one thing. Everyone who's listened at this point, with me, this is the first time doing D&D, and I appreciate everyone that stuck through it because, like, I've worried about how I would come off in these episodes. I'm sure people who's listened to all of them can probably tell, basically, like, grown with me through these episodes. And I'm still learning, obviously, but I appreciate, you know, all the positive feedback that I hear and everything it makes. It gives me confidence to, to record more episodes and to put myself out there more. I just wanted to give a big thanks to everyone for that. And like Deej, the the work he does is something that I could never do. It's something that I strive to. Oh, I've tried. (laughs) I wish I had the motivation to do everything that he did. But the fact that he did all this, put all this effort in just for a memory. And it turned into this Eldrick journeys that starting to take off and whatnot. But his intentions was never that. It was literally when we grown old that we can listen to it kind of relive this part of our lives together and the fact like his intentions put all that work in just for a memory speaks a lot about him now Deej I wanted to say thank you thanks man like from the bottom of my heart thank you for pulling me into this and just kind of pushing me you're making it real hard for me not to turn off my webcam right now that's not for the camera Weston, you really hit the nail on the head. This was, even if you guys don't donate money, we're still going to do it because at the end of the day, this is an excuse for me to hang out with my best friends of all time, the ones I've grown up with. And I hope that's what comes through in the podcast above all else, not the writing, not the music, just the fact that it's all of us who... Cracking jokes, smiling. Yeah. Known each other our entire lives and enjoy that. Sharing the memes together. This is literally us playing together like when we were kids. It's just now we're making a story. And now me and Weston aren't fighting over the Red Ranger. I don't even want the Red Rangers, the issue. (laughs) Yeah, now you don't. Back then we were like, I want the Red Ranger. I want the Red Ranger. I bullied him into taking the Green Ranger and now... The Green Ranger's the best one. But Weston hit the nail on the head. Like, we've all grown in this. Like, if you went back, please don't. But if you went back and listened to Soulwood, I'm a completely different person. I was talking to Ed last night about it. Like, I used to play D&D with Dylan and Ed, like, in a competitive sense where I would try to bully their characters. And that was kind of shitty of me, and I don't agree with that now. I think Dylan still doesn't trust me because of the way I acted with and played with his character. Like, you can tell we've all grown. 
Weston's got more confidence in his character, in his actions. Every time I like bring up a previously and you listen to it, you're like, did I say that? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. All right, now we're just sucking everyone off. Uh... Pride Month, baby! I was a big Weston naysayer at the beginning. I was like, he'll never play with us, Deej. Don't ask him. But he did. I'm going to be honest. I was hesitant. I still have a a long ways to go. I got to get some voices down. I want to do funny voices, dude. <laughs> listen, everyone's ever listen. Everyone's first D and D character just talks like they do. Hey, maybe by the time you hear us, Griffin might have gotten a voice. Maybe Griffin's just like, get out of my head, man. <laughs> no, no, I did that voice for Chad and Jacoby, and I regretted it immediately. If you go back to Jacoby's lullaby and listen to how Baggio sound back then. It was just BJ's voice. That's how it was at first. That was the problem. I don't. I don't want to say this, but let's go back to Howlin' and Soulwood, where it's like, "Tell me." <laughs> when Howlin's literally, Howlin' is literally a YTP. Yeah. If you go back like five episodes, the editing has gotten so much better in just five episodes, and it's gonna get better. And if you want to join, if you want to take a journey i would suggest joining on the ground floor we've come a long way but we've got a long way to go i want to thank the greats that have come before us that's paved the way for D podcasts like ourselves name one weston the adventure zone oh my god Ooh. oh my god Ooh. that's where i leave that's where i leave <laughs> how'd he do that how'd you know let's do this guy doesn't listen to D&D podcasts. Hey, I'm well versed. Did you look that up? I didn't look it up, but I know you've talked about it so many times because you've tried to shove that one down our throats. You know what? I'm going to tell you the guys this right now. Before you listen to any other D&D podcast, listen to this this one. Please listen to our own fucking podcast. <laughs> also, can we all get a poll going in the comments for uh, DJ here to start an OnlyFans? <laughs> I might have to. Hey, hey. Hey, OnlyFans, Feet Finder, you do what you gotta do, buddy. <laughs> fucking... This is an actual thing? That is Feet Finder. Weston just looked it up. <laughs> Why would you look up Feet Finder? He needed to find some feet. Because <laughs> you said it. Uh... Have you never bought feet pics? No. no. They're not that expensive. Why haven't you treated yourself? <laughs> get, out. Just get out of here. Look at Weston. Are you looking at pictures right now? He's going through the he's going through the the little genres of feet here, and he saw dirty feet, and he just went. Mm. They have genres, dude. Yeah, they have genres. Feet people are insane, and leave that in. Are you recording right now? Yeah. Explain what happened. All right. So it's been a minute since your boy has recorded on Audacity. Understandable. I hooked up my recording mic, and I thought it was safe. I was wrong. It wasn't safe. It wasn't clean. I betrayed myself. Why? Well, it's going into my headset, so it doesn't matter what you oh, hear. Okay. Because this is all fucked. This is like my greatest fear, actually. Happening. Exactly. Right. Right here. <laughs> How do you think I feel? I'm not mad at you, but like I have the worst fear ever since Handsome Dwellers, the finale. <laughs> I trusted you. I fucking trusted you. You betrayed Deej. God damn it. Obviously, as I was saying, which you didn't hear, but every listener counts, it all matters quite a bit to us. Beyond that, we're going to have to close the curtains here and bid you all adieu. What else? What the fuck is my line after that? Line. Somebody, line, line. (laughs) Line! If you are ever able to in the very near future, 
obviously find us on fucking Patreon. Find us on fucking Twitter. It's the Eldrick Journeys. You know what it is. Don't act like you don't know. I know that you know. You know, every every little thing helps. You know, maybe write a review. Maybe lie about it. Say it's five stars, even if you don't feel like it is. It all helps. You know, do what you gotta do. Let's take a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a journey. <laughs> yeah, well, why don't you tell them, all right? Patreon.com slash Eldrick Journeys. Twitter.com slash Eldrick Journeys. Let me wallow in peace. It's been a journey, to say the yeah, least. It's a real fucking journey right now. We're getting ready for our next one. As soon as we're done with this recording, we're gonna have a we're having a, a general God. meeting about the Damn future it. of it. As so. soon as we're done with this recording, we're all gonna go and kick Eddie's ass. <laughs> Please, I will hand you the knife to fucking kill me. I'm literally going to be crucified. Remember, folks, one like equals one stab into Eddie's chest. <laughs> one retweet is a whipping across my entire fucking back. <laughs> I'm just glad it didn't happen during an episode. That's all. That's all. Like, I'm just thankful for Are that. Are we ready to put a yeah, cork in it? I'm just thankful it didn't happen to me because I know I'd be getting it way worse than Eddie is. No, absolutely. <laughs> well, now, yeah. <laughs> Deej would jump out his window right now <laughs> and come through yours. If it happened to BJ, it probably would have been a double standard. He's already on his last straw, dude. <laughs> that's. I'm just like, with BJ, it's like, oh, I was watching Yu-Gi-Oh! I didn't hear you. It's like, well. <laughs> With me, it was an earnest fuck-up. With BJ, it's like, uh, I didn't care, Lamar. I do care. What do you mean? <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. How, how, is this, how is this getting turned around on me? <laughs> no, no, that's not what's happening, BJ. I'm sorry. That's We're not fighting you. I, we're done. In the recording. No, I just want. I on three. I have one question for you, BJ. Please just do for me. T- is your is your door closed? Suck me dry. <laughs>